Hello, listening people. Good evening. You are listening to Spin Polish presents unappreciated masterpieces. I'm Ryan Stolinski, and I'm Bartek. Yes, Bartek. Bartek, what's your last name? Kaspshishak. Oh, and what's that? My last name. <laughs> Thank you. We are called Spin Polish, likingly because we're always spitting, and we both happen to be Polish. Isn't that correct, Bartek? Yes. Yes. Our names are not. Wouldn't it be no? I was going to say, wouldn't it be great if it turned out that we didn't know that our last names weren't actually Polish, that they were actually something like Romanian, and we were just lying these 30-plus <laughs> episodes? Like, there's some there's some real Polish listener listening going, Slowinski, that's not Polish, it's Romanian, clearly. Yeah, and they'll be <laughs> like, Bartek's last name? No, that's clearly um, accidentally smashed the keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... You're listening to Unappreciated Masterpieces. What do we do on Unappreciated Masterpieces? Well, we do feature-length audio commentaries for movies that seemingly don't deserve a commentary. We grab those films, those amazing little gems of movies that deserve more love, that deserved to be talked about, ones that aren't completely forgotten from the psyche of the public, but ones that aren't in the forefront of the mind of the public either. The films that just deserve to be appreciated masterpieces. But at the moment, they're unappreciated masterpieces. Isn't that right, Patek? Yeah, stop it. <laughs> and what is the movie that should be in the forefront of everyone's mind that we're going to be checking out today? The movie that we are watching today is Same Kwapotu. I don't know what that is. Um, look, this is embarrassing. I, I, I know that I said my name is Polish, but it, I know I'm Polish, but I don't know how to speak it. Maybe if you were speaking in Romanian, I don't know. But I don't know what movie we're watching. What are we watching? I said Summer Kłopoty. Oh, well, obviously, now that you've repeated it, I know what it is. I mean, obviously, I, I still don't speak Polish, but if you say it three times, then I'll really get what it is. Should I, should I say it slowly? No, faster. Oh my god, I know what the movie is now! No, no, what are we watching? Seriously. We are watching the movie from 1990 Uno. That's Italian for one. Oh, I thought it was um, Polish for a moment. Nothing But Trouble. <laughs> nothing But Trouble? 1991? Starring Chevy Chase and Demi Moore, obviously? And let's not forget Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd. Who also directed, wrote, produced... And Star. starred in this... He's the Tommy Wiseau of 1991. Yeah, you've got... He also wrote it, I think. I said, yeah, he wrote it. He co-wrote it. And so we're doing nothing but trouble. The 1991 comedy? Yeah, yeah, it's comedy. Yeah. And of course, we don't always do these alone, do we, Bartek? On the rare occasion we have, but we need a noble person to join us. Someone who's... I wouldn't say brave... But a hero is definitely a word I would use. And who's the hero that we have today? Bartek. Is that the answer, Bartek? No, who is the hero? <laughs> you're, you're, you're a hero in my eyes, Bartek. But who are we joined by today? Ladies and gentlemen, you know, we're doing an American movie. You know, for the first time, maybe have we? No, we've, have done we done many, we've done We've done many Americans. Oh, my mistake. Okay, <laughs> no American movies, not many Amer Americans. Oh, 
Well, the poignancy's gone, I guess, but, like, we have someone with an accent from the Americas today. South America or North America? I think the North America. Ah, damn. The one that, you know, the states where they're (laughs) glued together, I think it's called. Yeah. The glued together states of America. Yeah, so who is it? Okay. I'm at the edge of my seat, literally. Our guest today is Mishabella Enkin. Did you get it right? Yeah, and I'm dying here. <laughs> Cuff it up, Mishabella. We can't lose our one oh, true hope gosh. for salvation. <laughs> Mishabella. <Hi>. Mishabella. <laughs> I love it. Every time I say Mishabella, it's one of those names where I have to repeat the last half of it like three times. Like, Mishabella. Bella, Bella, Bella. It's four very good syllables. <laughs> yeah, it's Thank pretty you. good. Um, Are you proud of your own name? I'm very proud of my own name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're not one of those people who are like, oh, it's not like it's not the most common name for a girl about in the modern age. You're not like <laughs> one of those people like, damn, I wish I was called Elizabeth. I think when I was younger, I wanted my name to be Isabella. Isabella? Ooh, yeah, it's yeah. no Mishabella. Well, Bella, it's that the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, we got Mishabella. Um, you're here to help us to talk about nothing but trouble. Yeah. And boy, was this a film. It was. It's it's like beyond description, I think, at this point. We yeah. really gotta take it apart, but it's... Yeah, it is. I mean, really we've, all, <laughs> we've all worked on films in certain ways. Bartek, yeah. you've been an extra, and I've been an extra too and Mishabella have you been an extra in a movie I've or been an extra and you've worked behind the camera behind the camera. camera so we all have an understanding of the behind the scenes process of movies but this is a movie that I don't think any human could understand <laughs> the behind the scenes process only gods like Chevy Chase and yeah. of course Dan Aykroyd now what was our relationship with this movie Bate what about you what was your relationship with nothing but trouble had you seen it before I hadn't heard of it, and when I started watching it, the only thing I read was, like, the first line on Wikipedia's page for it. <laughs> Which was? Which was something like, oh, Nothing But Trouble is a 1991 uh, comedy adventure horror film. Oh, so you went in fairly blind. Did you even know who was in it? Uh, I think I did read it. It's, like, Chevy... Che- oh, sorry. Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase? Chevy Chase. <laughs> no, My favourite car. No, no I, said che- I said Chevy. <laughs> Chebby. Chebby. Town yeah. Colin Fat. <laughs> what about you, Mish? Um, much like Bartek, I went in quite blind, but uh, <laughs> I think as I got the description of the movie and I kind of glimpsed the uh, the front cover of Amazon, <gasps> yeah, oh. the movie poster. Um, you had fair understanding. I felt like I should have known it quicker a lot, <laughs> a lot earlier than that day that I watched it <laughs> because I, I worked in. Um, special effects and prosthetics for the last two years, and I should have known that this probably had the most (laughs) (laughs) prosthetic work I'd seen, you know, around that era. In a comedy, especially. Like, if you said, oh, it was a sci-fi movie, right? Yeah. I I can understand. In a comedy movie, (laughs) I think... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm kind of ashamed that I hadn't. Yeah, you should be ashamed. My <laughs> history with this movie is a long, long, bloody one, if I must say. Yeah, that's how you this was it. one of those movies that I've discussed this previously on the show, but I don't know if this was the case with anyone else. 
But when DVDs were a thing, mm-hmm. happening, you know, just building up steam, my parents were one of those... Parents, my parents were those people who were like, oh, that movie, I know that movie, I'm going to buy it. Like, even if they haven't seen it, they're like, I remember that, I'll get it on DVD. Yeah. That was like, from our Starsky and Hutch Yeah, that's, that's the relate DVD, you know? <laughs> um, that's my parents, and this was one of those movies, I think they had seen it before, but I don't know if they even liked it very much, but they are like, <laughs> oh, yeah, Trevi Trace, I remember this movie, yeah, let's get it on DVD. And it's one of those movies that my parents, you know, I, I've been raised on... Lots of comedies, so I'm a big fan of Chevy Chase and John Candy. Oh, what a legend. And, you know, and Dan Aykroyd and, you know, obviously all of these people are comedy gods. And they've starred in pretty much any iconic movie like Ghostbusters, Uncle Buck, you know, uh, National Lampoon's Vacation, all of of that kind of stuff. (laughs) So I was one of those kids... Uh, you know, I was a kid watching this, having grown up on all those things I just mentioned, and when you have all of these people in all of those movies in this one movie, and is billed as a comedy, you have an expectation. (laughs) (laughs) And it's one of those things, why I say bloody is, as a kid, I didn't like this movie because I was just like, it's not funny. That was just me. I'm like, I didn't like it, it's not funny. But now that I've grown up, and I've (laughs) studied film, and I've studied acting, and I've got a wiser understanding, I now know that... 14-year-old Ryan was an idiot because this movie is a quintessential movie in the style of movies that we do in Unappreciated Masterpieces. This movie is a perfect film in every regard. And we're going to start this perfect little gem. So get your copy of Nothing But Trouble from 1991, not the Lauren Hardy version. I mean, you could watch the Lauren Hardy version of Nothing But Trouble, but it would be quite a different experience. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Nothing But Trouble, get your copy ready, because I imagine all of you have a legal copy with you. If you you think you're a real movie fan and don't have this in your DVD collection, I'm ashamed of you. So get it ready, because we're going to start this in three two one play so this movie has quite a lot of things happening my favorite thing was the opening i don't know if it happened with the copies that you watched it on but the warner brothers symbol opens up and there's no music and then the music just like kicks in like three seconds into the Warner Brothers track, and I'm like, okay, this movie's <laughs> off to a fine start. Because usually it's either, if you're going to have the Warner Brothers, or you're going to have the logo and have music playing, you have it straight from the start, or you wait till after the logo. But this movie's like, see the logo? Give them three, two, one. Boom! Du, du, du. <laughs> and this movie has everything. But my favourite part of this is you two went in blind. Yep. Yeah. And you read that it was a horror. Yes. And you saw the prosthetic makeup. How did you feel for the first 24 minutes when there was no horror and it was just a 1990s comedy? What is this? Where where could this go from this point? Where's the setup? Yeah. Yeah. It was almost like I I got blinder when I I got it. I was intrigued, obviously, because it went on for quite a while and I was like, something's going to happen, but when is it going to happen? What's it going to be? Because, again, I didn't read the synopsis. I just knew the genre. Yeah. I remember, obviously, the plot, but it's one of those things when I watched it this time round, I've been so pumped to watch this movie because it just, it's one of those movies that 
when we were do- when we're doing the show, I'm always thinking, what's the next movie we could do? What's a movie I can add to the giant list? And I remember putting Nothing But Trouble there a few months ago and going, oh, yeah, you know, eventually. And then I was laying in bed thinking, what's the next movie we should should do? And I just remember John Candy in a dress. And I'm like... That movie. I didn't even know that. You're not even you're not even the only one who has imagined John Candy in a dress apparently. <laughs> yeah. So this movie, I mean, you guys went in blind. I did that on purpose. I said to Bartek, I said to Bartek, especially I'm like, Bartek, do not look up anything about this movie. Like, no, you, you act, I don't think you actually did. Oh, I, I just d- simply didn't. I was just like, oh yeah. My whole <laughs> suggestion was go in blind to this because this movie, it's one of those great horror movies where they they don't let you know it's a horror movie because you got Chevy Chase, you got Demi Moore, you've got, you know, John Candy and all these people, but especially just Chevy Chase, Demi Moore, and these two Brazilians. Yeah. Um, you think that this is going to be... And here's Chevy Chase, you know, sleepwalking his way through the opening where he's got a cigar cigar in his mouth and he's playing, guess what, a rich playboy asshole. Not a stretch for him. And you're thinking, oh, okay, this is just going to be some kind of romantic, sleazy comedy with Chevy Chase and Demi Moore in which, you know, they're both rich assholes and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And lawyer, maybe some lawyer stuff will happen. But then, then they take a drive. A drive that changed us all. Maybe as good as driving Miss Daisy. I don't know. <laughs> there really isn't anything that could have prepared you for so, second, second, third. What was the <laughs> tipping off point for you that this movie was going to be a horror movie? <laughs> or horror comedy, well, you know what I mean? Like, what was the the sign for you? Um, what point? I would think that it would be when Dan Aykroyd appears. Oh, when the judge appears, so it took you that long. What about you, Michabella? Oh, I... <laughs> it took a lot longer. <laughs> <laughs> not, not... A lot longer. Can I guess where it took you, if I had guess to guess? guess was it Mr. Bone Stripper? <laughs> yeah. It took me that long to realize there was any element to this. Wow, I remember <laughs> thinking when watching this this time, I was, I was so like, keen-eyed viewer me going, okay, so what point could it be interpreted that this is going to be a horror setting? And it's as soon as they drive <laughs> through a sign that says warning sinkholes and then the town is this grey murky <laughs> thing with cracks in the ground spewing out smoke and all those people are just sitting no on cussing. their rocking chairs just smoking giving them the death stare <laughs> or was it the fact that the deputy sheriff constable had a machine gun I don't know <laughs> that kind of threw me off a little I love bit. this is just Chevy Chase like <laughs> I, I feel like he's not acting here like this is improvised but it's like thanks for the espresso maker <laughs> and, the, and what is it like I'm a bag <laughs> of shit <laughs> like I feel like Dan Aykroyd's like oh wait I didn't write that one in there oh yeah there's um Chevy Chase does that a lot in this movie it reminded me of um what's his name Painful Potter oh Bob Hope yeah Bob Hope yeah Chevy Chase you know he's one of those comedians that just has lots of smart ass quips and that's what I love about Chevy Chase because fun fact about this I don't know if you looked up the trivia guys but Chevy Chase went into this movie because Dan Aykroyd is a dear friend of his and lots of other friends were working on it and he didn't like the script he didn't like it at all but he thought oh you know what I've worked with these kind of people before I didn't like the script you know, I can improvise and work around and we can rewrite it and we make it better like we did with like Caddyshack or this, this and this. Dan Aykroyd was not having it and he's just like, no, 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 <laughs> the script stays. So you could just, I wrote in my notes, I wrote like an extensive amount of notes and frequently I would write 
poor Chevy Chase because Chevy Chase looks sad throughout this he movie. He does, he does. There comes a point where he's just screaming, I just want to go to Atlantic City. And I feel like <laughs> Chevy Chase literally actually wants to yeah, go to Atlantic City. Like, I don't feel like he's in character anymore. So, Michabella, you know Demi Moore. Yes, I do. You know, this was her first movie after Ghost. Was it really? Yeah. Is it the hair? She went She went nothing but up after Ghost, you could say. <laughs> nothing but up. I mean, okay. you know, where could you go after Ghost? Nothing but trouble. Yeah. So, Bartek, yep. do you think Demi Moore is attractive in this movie? Um, I can't say it was at the forefront of my mind, but I guess. <laughs> was she... Oh, Mr. Bell, I think you can back me up on this. Yeah. Was she so attractive that when she wore a white trench coat that it would make you a hungover Bartek who did not want to drive on a trip to Atlantic City change your mind about driving to Atlantic <laughs> City? <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> because that's literally what happens. He's like really wasted. He's like, I don't yeah. want to drive. Tell her I can't. Then she opens the, the elevator door opens and she's basically wearing the exact same outfit but it's on the white. And it's white. And glasses are off. Oh, that's it. If you saw Demi Moore without her glasses on, would you go, fuck yeah, I'd tap that. But in this, Completely she's wearing glasses. my life around. <laughs> Her hair is more masculine than Chevy Chase's. <laughs> she looks like Eddie Eddie Munster. Yeah, Chevy Chase is kind of got a little Donald Trump kind of hair going on, but like less. I would less. love to watch a movie in which Chevy Chase played Donald Trump. <laughs> but you know what? He didn't do an accent or anything. Like Chevy Chase is just like I'm Donald Trump. You're not. Get out of here. Like because that's Chevy Chase has that great catchphrase, which is I'm Chevy Chase and you're not. <laughs> like that's his thing. Like he's such an asshole. I love it. So, so did you have a favorite character in this movie, guys? Who who really struck a chord emotionally with you? Who was someone you really enjoyed? Uh, I like Bobo and Little Devil. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Miss Bella? I really liked what's her name? The sister. John Candy. Oh, Eldona. Eldona, yeah. Yeah, wasn't it? It was like Eldona. I like that she didn't speak. She, she was, was a mute. Just, she said everything with her eyes. Mm, and she just <laughs> and she would go like this. <laughs> My personal favorite character has to be Tupac, who's yes. in this movie. Oh my god. <laughs> Nothing could have set me up for that that little cameo. Of Tupac. And in the credits they call him like the number two. Number Puck. two. Shakur. <laughs> <laughs> so here that was my favorite. Scene. I love. So here she is. She's in white. She's wearing pearl necklace. You know, he'll give her one later. But you know, um, <laughs> she's wearing red lipstick. Ooh, that gets him going. And now he's like, yeah, I'll drive Irish doorman. You know, who also looks after my car. Who's also my best friend. I don't know. Oh, is this another one of those I'll be home for Christmas situations? <laughs> Where he has a best friend he leaves behind. <laughs> so, oh my god, legs! I mean, legs. okay, look, I'm not a woman, but do you think that is a cool outfit she's wearing? Her little play suit? Do you think In they're terms cool? Of practicality, maybe not. Yeah, it looks like it'll give you a serious camel toe. Not just that, but if you need to any bodily fluid. Nah, she doesn't Very. do that in this movie. She eats lots, she drinks lots of warm Hawaiian punch, but she doesn't need to piss at any point. At no point. 
<laughs> oh, which God. I think is a miracle. I hate her outfit. Like when she had the, when she had the trench coat on, I was like, okay, this is kind of neat. And then she takes the trench coat off. I'm like, oh, this looks awkward. But is it the kind I thought of if it was a dress, it would look great. But it's like these yeah. awkward shorts. I'm like, maybe it's a 90s fashion. But is it the kind of thing you wear to Atlantic City? I don't know. I haven't been to Atlantic City. Do tell me, Mishabella. Well, You're American. You've I been there, haven't you? <laughs> Everyone's... If you name any place, you've probably been there, right? I... Hell, yeah. yes. Of course. <laughs> so what do you... Volcanvania? Yeah. Depending you... on the season, I'd say, yeah. What about a giant hat with flowers and oh, that, that great Brazilian outfit? Oh, that is the most appropriate to wear to Atlantic City. I think she's got the full spirit of the city going on there. Yeah, that's right. I, I love that outfit. I love her. <laughs> she's, she's, she's a, you know, I'll be honest. I'll let you go, Bartek, but I'll be honest. If I didn't choose my favorite character so flippantly, which I did, like, this movie's... Well, there's movies where there's so many characters that there are so few characters. You know what I mean? Like, mm. there's so few characters, but they're so big and larger than life that it feels like it's got yeah. There's a, a fifty set million characters, but there's only like eight. Yeah. And they're so larger than life that you just hard to pick. But the Brazilians are really fucking close. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm really yeah. honest with you. Go yeah. on, Bart. No, no, no. I was just going to bring attention to the fact that they appeared. <laughs> I love... Yeah. My whole thing about the Brazilians <laughs> is it's all their fault. <laughs> like, somewhat, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. no. Why, why did I say somewhat? <laughs> they, they literally... <laughs> it's my favourite part. What do they... Okay. What do they want as characters? Here's what they want. They see Chris at a party and they're like, Chris, Chris. And uh, yeah, I didn't know what they were saying at first. I thought they were hissing at him because they got such thick <laughs> accents. So I was like, <laughs> and I'm like, what are they saying? And then they literally just say like, oh, you guys are going on a drive? We like to go driving. <laughs> like they at no point drive the car, might I add. So they like to get driven. That's what they're saying. Yeah. And they, they get in the car and they go, where are we going? Like they didn't even know, and they're like, and, and they're like Atlantic City, and they're like, oh cool, and they list off like buildings and places that are in other cities that they want to visit, like the Taj Mahal. <laughs> <laughs> like they're like, I can't wait to see the Taj Mahal in Atlantic <laughs> City. So oh, I love this. Uh... The he's pre-programmed maps. That's <laughs> <laughs> not even a GPS. There's CDs or like, like floppy disks of pre-programmed maps that he has to push out and take out and put back in. So once he reaches the edge of this map, he has to push it out put it back in. Okay, I'm going to skip ahead, way ahead, to one question I want to ask because it's so obscure that I'm going to forget it, but we're talking about the car right now. Mm-hmm. There's a point later where Demi Moore gets in the car yep. and it's been like completely deconstructed basically it's like a, and she like tries to turn almost. it on and it doesn't work and then at the end Chevy Chase just says a whole bunch of jargon that I didn't understand where he's like oh you gotta do this to turn the car on it's like <laughs> like he was like you gotta push this button this button and you know it's like what was that about like is that how cars work I don't drive like <laughs> I thought you turn the key you get the key in you turn the ignition on but in this movie it's like yeah. oh no it's like you gotta type in a code <laughs> is that how cars work I in 1991 we were trying to I'm emphasize curi- the yeah. like high-techness of oh. this yeah. car I'm curious so when we get up to that so we can find out yeah so <laughs> yeah, this, this set this, yeah. this set is an old western town but they I just noticed, they yeah. just put a yellow line in the center of the road and say that'll work I like these bikers I thought they were going to come back in some way or form 
not just the bike, is anyone in the just town? The whole town. town. Yeah. Just any character. I thought they were going to come back. I love, he doesn't stop, and my favourite part is John Candy as the policeman barely stops himself for the stoplight. Like, they make a point to show that he does stop, but look at this. You watch this, and he just, he just barely stops. <laughs> like, what was the point? He kind of, like, lightly touched the brakes, and that was enough. Again, I don't drive, but does that town really need a stop sign there? Um, was it a T intersection? <laughs> It, it was like it like turns it right and then the then it goes up and it just stops at a building like it's not even. <laughs> like, did you see it? Yeah, but the the thing is, if you're coming to a T intersection, you're the one who's gonna have to stop and assess that like no one's still going straight. Yeah, people going straight, they don't have to stop. Love... The person coming to the end has to. Yeah, I love that these guys take photos of Chevy Chase in the rear vision <laughs> mirror to make it like, oh, he's driving. We can't take a photo of him. So it's these, <laughs> when you describe the plot of this movie, this is how you would describe it. Well, you know, Chevy Chase, he's a financial, what was it, publisher? Advisor? Yeah. Publisher. Publisher. Oh, okay. Publisher. And he meets Not to be Demi Moore. With a banker. <laughs> he meets Demi Moore, who's a lawyer who doesn't know the law. Um, he, she meets Demi Moore, they meet, they've never met before, and she demands to be driven to Atlantic City, and since she wears white, he says yes, and two Brazilians that apparently- Brazilianaires. Two, two Brazilianaires that we've never met before, no, two Brazilianaires that we barely know, demand to be driven, even though they don't know where they're going, they go through this hell, no, they're going to go to Atlantic City- the Brazilians demand to have a scenic picnic, but don't get out of the car. <laughs> That's my favorite part. I thought they were gonna get out of the car, get out and have a picnic, but they're like, we just want to have a scenic view while, while we're eating in the eating car. Our food. <laughs> and and well, then they, did they say that they love drives. They love drives, <laughs> and then and then. They go through a T intersection, doesn't go through the stop sign, and John Candy chases them down. The Brazilians, for unknown reasons to me, say, you can outrun him. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't the rich stereotype be like, we can we can afford a ticket? Yeah, right, and that's what Chevy Chase is saying. And yeah. it's like, you can outrun him. Then like, the- You could almost... Then, then the police car from the small hick country town in America has nitric oxide in it or nitro yeah. power, Not and the just ability that, the remote to control of the gate of the, the gate. Yeah. And and my favorite part of this, okay, we'll end the description here. But my favorite part is they get pulled over eventually because the other cop is waiting for them because this is a cat and mouse game. I guess these cops have done many times before, right? That's the kind of feeling, right? Yeah. Hence the gate, and then. She has a machine gun. Yeah, America, right? Machine guns yeah. for Everyone cops. Everyone has one. <laughs> um, and he pulls them over, and Chevy Chase tries to brush it off by going, I didn't know you were a real policeman. <laughs> 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 and my favourite part is, after this high-speed pursuit, John Candy walks up and goes, you failed to make the stop sign back there. I'll wave off the high it's speed. The high speed <laughs> but it's and, the stop sign and, we gotta address. And, and the life threatening danger that you put not myself only in, but the people <laughs> driving these trucks. I'll wave that off. But it's the stop sign that I have a real problem with because you had really endangered lives with that one. 
I mean, what's happening? I mean, I get it, it's like John Candy's just like a nice guy cop, but at the same time, later on, he willingly lets people get murdered. Which so makes it's me... it's like, where does he stand? Which makes me wonder, <laughs> why, why didn't he, like, chase them really... And make a real uh, presence as soon as they made the stop sign issue. Like as soon as he saw, they just put on sirens, chased them. They because they got it's menacing. But he's the good guy. The yeah, good guy but of he's the still menacing people. at this point. We don't know he's a good guy until he's disgusted with know, how the judge treats these people. I, I know that, but knowing the full picture. Yeah, look, Dan Aykroyd's <laughs> not about the big picture. It's about the small picture, moment by moment. Don't think about the grand scheme of things. So, are you telling me that Dan Aykroyd, genius, he thought of <laughs> he thought of John Candy in a dress, and he decided, I'm gonna make a movie. A movie <laughs> where he writes. Doesn't dress. matter what it's about. Just making sure it's a movie where I can have. John Candy in a dress. Is that what you're telling yeah, me? Yeah, yeah. So, fun fact about this movie is based on a true story. Mm-hmm. where Dan Aykroyd back in the 70s was pulled over in the small country town and he got taken to the local Justice of the Peace's house and got, like, judged and everything. All and right. then he took it to, like, the, like, exaggerated degree that they were, like... You forgot to mention it was, like, one in the morning. Oh, one in something? the morning at <laughs> night. Like, it's one in the morning. And he just amps it up to this, like, psychopathic comedy, which, look, I don't know if the story was this kind of story, but I would love it if Dan Aykroyd was also with two Brazilians, and he's like, I gotta include these Brazilians in there. Like, where did that come about? <laughs> this movie... Okay, this movie's a perfect masterpiece in every single way. We may, I mentioned before that this movie's got so many characters, yet there are so few of them. The Brazilians are, like, 15 characters in two people. Like, it is great, but the interesting thing about this is, I feel like you could remove five of these characters from this movie and would make no difference. And two of those would be the Brazilians and two of them would be Bartek's favourite characters, little Bobo and Little Devil. (laughs) And the other character could be, like, you know, you could even get rid of those freaking gangsters that get pulled out. Like, everything you could... could, Here's how good it is. You can remove 60% of this movie and it will be the same. Yeah. Mm. That's a good thing. It's adaptable. It's malleable. So, this film, I, I just want to do this. Michelle, you want to? Oh right, okay. Do you know how much this movie cost to make? Do you know the budget oh, of this right. movie? <laughs> I have no idea. If you had I to take a, if you had to take a guess, a ballpark figure, what you think this 1991 comedy horror movie by first-time director? Dan Aykroyd cost. Now remember this First and only, I believe. First and only. This is one of those movies where there are no CG effects really. There's only like the double thing. But lots of practical things. You've worked in film. Have a have a guess. And remember, he only just really wanted John Candy in a dress. He really wanted John Candy in a dress. So how much do you think? I don't know. Choose a number. Two million. (laughs) This film cost $40 $40 million! <laughs> and it only made back $8.5 million of its budget. Yep. Sorry, what? $40 million. $40. 40. $40 million! And that's, yeah, and that's why the reason... Just to see John Candy in a dress. Yeah, pretty much. 
That and I think that Dan Aykroyd, you know, from what I've gathered, he's a real eccentric guy. You know, he wanted Ghostbusters to be fucking weird. Like, if you read the original Ghostbusters script, it's set in the future where Ghostbusters are like another, like, service of the department of this and that. Like, you know, like, they're just another government department and it's like, ghosts are just a common thing. Like, it's all dystopic. Oh, that's right. He's that guy. And he's a weird nut job guy. And I feel like this movie was just like, him going, you know, I got a lot of gadgets, right? Can we have a movie around my gadgets? Like it's literally like I've got this train set. I have a train set that has Toasters. gravy on it. I have a I have a train set that flicks pickles at Brazilians. Can we do a movie on that? Right, they just mentioned that Flipper's dead. Oh my god, not Flipper. And no cussing. It's weird because Flipper <laughs> was alive, oddly enough. He came out in nineteen ninety six, it's nineteen ninety one. Yeah. So maybe this is in the future. If you told me that this movie took place in 2040, I would believe you, except for <laughs> Chevy Chase's car. I was about to say, yeah. But even that, you could go, I don't know a car that you can activate by pressing a password the, and do it. Oh, the, the sister Brazilian, one of her line readings in this right here. It was I'm, great. I loved it. What, what did she it, say? It was where she's like, I don't like this place at all. At all? <laughs> like, the, the at all. She just like made it she's, matter of fact. She's not an actress. She's a famous Brazilian singer. Okay. Isn't she that... looks like another American actress. But she I, is I, Brazilian. I and like I like, I feel like their brother and sister, the Brazilians, I mm. felt like in the original script, their husband and wife. Yeah. yeah. But... He's so effeminate. This Brazilian guy, he's so effeminate that they go, nah, brother and sister, no one's going to believe that they're married. (laughs) And then, can we skip ahead to, you know how John Candy, do you remember why John Candy leaves it all behind? Yeah, he wanted a vacation. No, 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 no. John Candy, if you watch this, they, the Brazilians, spoiler alert, escape this mansion of hell from machine gun fire, might I add. Yeah, yeah they, they actually succeed. They, and yeah. they swim through the toxics. And John Candy is tempted to take them back. And they say, you need a vacation. He's like, yeah, yeah, that's what I need. And then he says, we can give you all the fish tacos. And then John Candy goes, <laughs> John Candy grabs them and goes, let's go. Damn. You, you just, well, didn't he say you peeled the right banana? Yes, you peeled peel the, the right, right banana. banana. He's just like, I love that. John Candy's character, you think he's noble. No, he's in it for the fish tacos. Yeah. That's my favorite part of it. Like, I wrote down in my notes, wait, did he say fish tacos? And that's when John Candy goes, all right then. Like, I'm pretty sure he says, Fish tacos. Yeah. It's really interesting that the Brazilians, like, they get away really well and just have a good time. The most annoying, arguably annoying characters in the real world, like, you know, like this world here is all fake country manor crazyville, right? And all these characters are annoying in a very good way. Like, it's good to have, they're all antagonists, right? The Eldona. Antihero? Oh, 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 the. Eldona. I mean, within the, within Vulcanvania. Yeah. And you know, the judge and John Candy's an anti-hero and all this. They're all supposed to be exaggeratedly warped and annoying and you're not supposed to root for them. But in the outside world of this with Demi Moore, Chevy Chase and the Brazilians, the Brazilians are most annoying and they get the happy ending. Yeah, like, like let's say you take someone who's never heard of this movie and you watch it. And around the point, like partway through the car drive when you know, the Brazilians have really made their their impact on the movie you suddenly pause the movie and say so this is a horror movie who do you 
who do you think's gonna die in this movie? They're probably gonna say the Brazilians, right? Yeah, my favorite aspect of this too is for ninety percent of the movie, Chevy Chase believes Chevy Chase and Demi Moore believe that they are dead, like, and they have <laughs> no reaction to it. Like, they do say. Oh, they're dead. Like we're, we're, they're probably dead. Like when they go to the police and whatever. And the way they say it is like, "Oh, we knew these two Brazilians. Yeah, they're probably dead." Like, like Jimmy, <laughs> they're their friends. Like they just wanted to go on the drives. <laughs> <laughs> well, in I guess for Chevy Chase, they're just clients that are really clean. Yeah, like, but they're his like, best know, clients. Yeah, that's the impre- impression. Yeah, but it's it's like the whole. I think at that point, he was just over it. Yeah, <laughs> he wanted to go to Atlantic City. That's all he wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it kind of like the idea of like the car salesman? Like when they want to sell you the car, they'll be your best friend. Oh and then yeah, Once yeah, yeah. you buy the car, it's like who are Typical you? Typical banker. <laughs> what I like about this movie a lot is the implied. Oh, the implied history of these characters, like, of the family. Like, you get dialogue about, like, he was a World War One hero, and he lost his leg, and the whole banker ruined them, and the f- coal fires, but, like, all the other stuff, like, all the licenses that they keep, and, like, all the kind of building up of the horror of these people. But there's a sympathy behind them, like, not too much. <laughs> like, you're not saying, oh, these poor guys, but you understand where they come from, because it's so easy just to have them be just country bumpkins that are just crazy, like, you know, deliverancey type, you know, like, just, there's no real great motivation, but they have a motivation. They have this <laughs> sense of justice. Yeah. A warped sense for them, and through what we get in this movie, makes sense. Like, it's not right, but we understand it. Like, if you look at the end product, you've watched the movie... All of the characters, you know, the judge, the one with the machine gun, John Candy in a dress, and Bobo and Little Devil, they've all <laughs> they've all been established and characterized, and it feels like there's more to their story. It's, it's kind of, and it even ends with like that kind of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. It was like, oh no, they're not gone. So it almost feels like they're setting up a franchise of like sequels. Like this could have been the next Friday the Thirteenth or something. What would the next one be? <laughs> Nothing but meet the in-laws. I mean, like, <laughs> what's it gonna be? Like, what's it gonna be? Like, can you imagine the sequel to this? It's like, yeah, nothing but meet the parents. <laughs> it's just like nothing but trouble meets the parents, and it's just like, what happens well, in it, that it, movie? It's like, are they gonna chase down John Candy or like are they gonna what try happens? And find a husband for Aldona. Yeah. <laughs> well, again, he's like, you know, like, what? well, they're going to live with Chevy Chase at the end of the movie. So it's yeah. just like, is it him having to have them in his apartment? And he's just yeah, trying well, to teach them right from wrong? Well, no, but like, even even those horror franchises that I just mentioned, you know, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, and I guess also Halloween, yeah. stuff like that, they've all had sequels. and Yeah, but they aren't comedies. I know they're not comedies, but they are, <laughs> but they are horrors. I like how you said, like, horrors, like, yeah. Because this movie is a horror. I love lots of things in this movie, but I like the fact that it's You're built... You're pulling on my coat! And that's what he gets angry about, not yeah. the fact that... What is this room? <laughs> like, but I love... This movie's built as a comedy, yet it's not funny. Like, I don't... Like, I like it, don't get me wrong, but there's no point in the movie where I'm laughing. This actually really surprised me, too, because there was one point in the movie where I laughed, and when I did laugh, I'm like... Why am I... This movie is a comedy, but this is the only thing that's made me laugh. What was that? It was... 
it was when Digital Underground was there. <laughs> and the, you let the, them go? No, no, no. When they were playing the song. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then freaking... What's that the Judge. What, yeah, what's his name? Uh, Reeves Jay, or something? Jay, uh, Shia Reeve. He breaks out the yeah. piano. When Reeve breaks out the piano and starts <laughs> playing, I'm, I just found that really funny. Yeah. Because well, he was really into it and everyone really liked what he was doing. Yeah. And it sounded really good. Shia Reeve is not really his name. It's like a title because that's what yeah. the title of Sheriff used to be, Shia Reeve. But I think his name's like JP. JP. Uh, JP. We find, do find out what the JP stands for. I just can't remember. Volkenheiser, right? What a great name. Now, here's one of the Baldwins. He, this is Billy Baldwin, I do yeah, believe. I you can tell that it's Alex's fatter, less talented brother. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm glad that a Baldwin appeared in this movie. I'm really and he glad. wasn't too different. No. Could you really self. imagine Alec Baldwin? I, I would love it if Alec Baldwin was in this. And this would have been like around Beetlejuice time, might I add. So he would have been thin and attractive. And he would have been like, I mean, what, what's his act? Okay, this movie, Mishabella, when you watched it and it did enter horror territory, like after you had finished it, what was the general kind of tone you got from this movie? What was the general feeling you Confusion. had after? You felt confused. I felt confused because I didn't even know... What you watched? <laughs> what I watched, but like where it fell in terms of genre. Yeah, it's a, it's a groundbreaker. Because <laughs> the fact that it took so long to kind of hit as like a horror movie... I because like that, though. It's such a cock <laughs> It's like I'm waiting and waiting and waiting, and then it literally took the bone stripper to kind of... Go, oh! oh right. it, took, it took the first casualty of the movie. <laughs> Which the is these guys. Setup, yeah. The whole setup was kind of like a, like a comedic thing. I thought, yeah. all these characters Sorry, are funny. I, Punishment isn't going to be that harsh, and then It's going to be like a tickle machine or something. <laughs> yeah. I, I said first, but... Like these four, they're are they the, the only, only casualties. Yeah. Other than at the end, everyone gets sucked into the land. But then, oh, yeah. but no, no. But then the judge says, "Lucky that all of us survived." So they all survived. <laughs> right. So I, this is the moment where I actually laughed in the movie because I, I was laughing out of sheer fact that these are the realest characters and the most cartoony characters in the movie. Because <laughs> I feel like if I was in this situation. I would be this guy right here with the with the hair laughing and just being like, what the hell? You know who they reminded me of? Uh, who? You've seen the Toxic Avenger? Yes, of course. Like, the antagonist of those movies, the, the, the group that of friends who, like, just do dickish things. Mm. Like, they drive over a kid and then one of them's like, I gotta go home, I gotta go to church in the morning. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> uh, hey, I've got a serious question now. Hold your breath, guys. This, this is a dead serious question. Do you want to fuck Dan Aykroyd in this old man makeup? No. Are you sure? <laughs> maybe, maybe if he only had the nose and the I'm rest sure of his that normal face. Size for any kind of coitus. Well, you're not. You're not like, like a penis. Not like a penis. <laughs> but I was like, when did you realize it looked like a penis? Did you know straight away, or when they did that specific shot the during specific the dinner shot. scene where yeah. it was like, oh, it's a penis? I think I might have missed it, so I'm looking out for it this time around. Okay, because they have two shots in this movie. They have one at the dinner scene, and then one at the end when he's on TV saying, I'm going to visit my son-in-law. <laughs> yeah. And he's got a specific penis nose. Like It's it's like on close-up shots, it looks like a real penis. <laughs> Can I ask a question? This is actually related to Oz the Great and Powerful. Uh, yeah, go on. 
Is it about penises? Who, <laughs> who looks more like the Wicked Witch of the West? Is it Mila Kunis or Dan Aykroyd in this movie? I was going to say John Candy in a dress. <laughs> <laughs> he makes me green. Um, so Dan Aykroyd wrote this with his brother, mm-hmm. Peter Aykroyd, who was the Irish doorman oh, at okay. the start. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's kind of cute. I think this movie has a... Look, this is a weird kind of movie. It's a comedy, horror, and the look, the the visual look of the movie and the tone and the characters make this a nasty movie. You know what I mean? There is no moral sentiment at the end. There is no comeuppance for the villains. Everything's kind of bleak and nasty. It's a nasty little movie, but you know what's weird about it? For me... You know, this movie's got a lot of hate from professionals and from general mass. But here's the thing. I feel like this movie's made with, honestly, a lot of love. For a movie that's so hate-filled, so dark and gritty, yet it's supposed to be this kind of whimsical, far-out surreal comedy, I can feel the love and thought put in by the creators, and that just makes me upset about it not being appreciated. That's true, because I feel like even whatever it is, as a comedy, as a horror... I feel like there was no kind of shortcuts. Yeah. Like, the whole set itself. Mm. Like, there's so much in it. Nothing's kind of left, you know, without thought. And I really do appreciate it. I don't understand why... I would want to know what this would be like as... I would watch this as a miniseries. Yeah. Miniseries of nothing but trouble. Like, it's a great movie, but I think, like... I think it would be great. Like, you know, well, I personally appreciated it. Maybe because I've seen it before. The first 20 minutes where there's this slow build-up. Because I like that kind of dramatic kick to the head to the audience. That you think, oh, it's got all these people. It's going to be this rip-roaring classic, you know, comedy with Chevy Chase. But then it turns into this weird, fucked-up murderer comedy. (laughs) And I would love that as, like, say, a three-episode, three or four-episode miniseries where each episode is, like, 45 minutes to an hour long and it's, like, more on the horror side than the comedy because I feel like we the census complaint is that this is supposed to be a horror comedy and it's not... Adventure. Adventure, too. (laughs) Fantasy. Um, It's not funny, and that's the unfortunate (laughs) thing, but it's plenty creepy. I don't think it's... The word is real horror. Well, it is horror, but it's just, like, it's unsettling. I was just going to say unsettling. I was going to go with the... (laughs) Not so much what it is, but the way it makes you feel, it's, like, wary. Like, you don't know what Mm. they're going to do next. I like how she flips out at being presented (laughs) how she flips out being presented what would she be presenting ants on a log ants on a log yeah is that a typical american dish it is we don't have an afternoon snack so is it weird that they're having it just before dinner no not really i think it's an it's like an appetizer yeah but why is she acting so fucking weird about it like i would have thought probably accustomed to a more yeah like but I thought it was like I thought okay it's gonna be like peanut doors. butter but it's gonna be actual ants like <laughs> but they're just they're the actual proper stuff. Maybe Ryan, it's illegal and she's a lawyer. And she oh no, it was like too much peanut butter on there. She like stick it to her like fingers. the only one that realizes that's why so, she freaks out. So I watched this with my whole household, <laughs> yeah. my girlfriend and my housemate, and um, very mixed reaction. But the real reaction during this dinner scene was absolute disgust and horror. Both my housemate and my girlfriend, like, turn their heads away when Dan Aykroyd is eating a grey, withered-looking hot dog. 
and he like yeah. splashes mustard on it on his tray and he gets it all over <laughs> his hands and fingers and he just like wipes it on the hot dog oh and he just like starts mowing down this hot dog with his penis nose and they both like, <laughs> they both looked away and were like oh that's fuck and you're like and that's the thing about this movie the most fucked up thing you think would be these grotesque babies which we'll get to <laughs> we've mentioned their names but for me I think equally the grotesque scenes in this movie is weirdly enough him eating a hot dog and him removing his own nose which well, comes out of nowhere the eating of the hot dog is kind of like usually the eating of a hot dog is yeah is a kind of is... sensual thing but you don't want to see a guy with a penis nose eating one yeah Bartek's like it really down in front looking... of the camera no I, I see it now yeah. but wait no Bartek you oh, really no, no. see it You'll in like it this now. specific shot yeah. it's so good like and Chevy Chase reacts I feel like he's not reacting to the penis nose he's reacting to I'm only getting this much money <laughs> like that's the reaction he's like I'm only getting this much for this I love Chevy Chase I really do. He's one of those comedians that I honestly do adore, but I hate him at the same time because he's one of those comedians that's like, I'm going to play myself. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. But every now and yeah. then he'll do a real character like Clark Griswold from the Vacation movies, who is still Chevy Chase, but he's far removed from himself. And I feel like Chevy Chase could do real great characters, but he just walks in going, I'm Chevy Chase. I'm going to try not. and get away with being where's, myself. <laughs> where's my money? He walks to a lot of movies with kind of no soul in him yeah. and that kind of works in a lot of his films because the for this yeah and especially for this movie in particular it works because the situation's so ludicrous and so insane that he is just like I'm over it <laughs> you know what I mean like I just want to go to Atlantic City <laughs> like and it works when he gets to that breaking point where it's like what the hell's happening here I'm marrying your daughter all I wanted to go to was Atlantic City I don't even know Demi Moore <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, it was just a very genuine kind of reaction to everything. Like the yeah. whole situation he's been placed in. We haven't talked about the cousin, the female cop. I quite liked her. Mm. I felt like she was the real antagonist of the movie. You think the what, judges, but she's is it, really... What's her name? Miss Perda or something? Yeah. Oh, those nails are broken as fuck. <laughs> but um, I just remember them going, cousin. Cousin. It was like... So, here's the question. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Mowing down. (laughs) And Demi Moore is like, I'm Bugs Bunny in this scene. Oh, my God. It's all over him. And the sausage looks like his skin. Oh, here it is. (laughs) (laughs) And Chevy Chase is like, what the hell is that? Right. An unpeeled, uncircumcised penis. (laughs) That's me clapping with joy. Wait, that's sorry, no, no, <laughs> peeled. No, peeled. unpeeled. That's the type of banana no. you peel. No, peeled. Wouldn't it be great if, like, they just, they, like, they have these coal fires that, you know, you think they're not going to do anything. You think, oh, they're going to do something, and then they kind of do do something, but, like, at the last minute. You think, <laughs> oh, you might hear them again during the movie, but no. Can I just say that John Candy is a woman? Is, is like, hot? Wh- it's very convincing. I think... Like, if you were to see a yeah. woman oh, yeah. like Eldona, you I think it's question, convincing oh, it's because you don't hear him talk. <laughs> I think that's the real... No, 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 no. Like, yeah. I, I genuinely mean that because the real fault with comedy men playing women is they'll have to default to that, I'm a woman! 
fine voice. You know, like, ha, ha, ha. This voice. kind of voice. You know, and John Candy would obviously do that because I've watched much of his stuff. He would do that. So him being completely mute in this movie and with the makeup and the hairstyle and all that, it makes you believe he's a woman a lot more because I think once you hear him talk, you, you, won't, you won't buy it. Like, you're not <laughs> buying it now, but there's an air to it. I love that these Brazilians are like, he flicked a pickle at me. I'm going to I'm gonna risk being shot with a machine gun because he t- threw a pickle at me. Like, he, you know what this movie should be really called? This movie should just be called people who, can't, people who Can't Wait. Because this movie is about people who just can't wait. Like, if it wasn't for Chevy Chase lighting up a cigar, they would have been out of this hellhole, like, 20 minutes There's ago. There's a lot of things. Yeah, they, they could have that was on my mind, too. They're like, oh, we'll do your trial tomorrow. And I was like, okay, well, it seems like he wants to let him go. No, no, he does. Like, the only reason he makes his trial tomorrow is because Chevy Chase, like, lights up a cigar. And that kind of, like, how dare you? That's, like... Really offensive in court. You can't do that. So I'll punish you in this regard. And he puts them in like a nice bedroom and stuff. Like he doesn't give them like the toxics. They have such ugly, ugly food. Yeah. (laughs) So right here, the Brazilians get their own little scene. Yeah. And I love it. I love... What is this? Is it a swap of toxic stuff, but they don't get affected by it? I thought for I sure... I thought they were going to, like, burn. I thought they were going to burn, too. <laughs> I No. Or mutate, like, no, in no, no. Robocop. <laughs> no. When they were driving across the bridge, there was that, like... Um, Weird, like, set fish piece. Yeah, like that fish thing. I thought that would play into something. Oh, you thought it would come alive yeah, and because, just, like, attack him because of all the gadgets? Yeah, yeah. and even when we, were, when we were talking over that scene, you were talking about the budget of this movie. Yeah, 40 yeah. million. You could see where it went. <laughs> <laughs> into the toxics. Into the fish sculpts at the very artistic looking fish mm. There's so much going on. There's... Oh, there are dogs. There are dogs that we never... See. We do see them again, but wouldn't it be great <laughs> if these dogs had, like... Here's something... This is one of those movies where the dogs... They really needed a dog with three legs. You know, you see certain movies where they have a dog with three legs or, like, a dog with, like, only two legs and wheels and stuff, and you go, okay, okay, that matches because, like, like, it's a circus or something. This is a movie where they need fucked up animals. Like, you know what I mean? Like, a movie where they should have a dog with five legs. You know, it's something... To match the decor of <gasps> everything love- else. <laughs> we forgot. We don't only see John Candy in one female persona, but two as the portrait of Granny. <laughs> on the scene. So now we they swam through the toxics with the metal shards sticking out. I, I don't know what. Which yeah. are, are they just sculptures? Or are they supposed to stop people from jumping in? Oh, John Candy. I feel like this is like okay for the earlier parts of the film. I felt like he was actually playing a character, but this I feel like he's just John Candy. Like he's just like all right. I'm holding <laughs> a cigarette in my mouth. I got a machine gun. What am I gonna do? I love they beg, beg, beg him, and then he like, he's like, oh, fish tacos. He takes them away, and we don't yeah, see the Brazilians till the money. end of the movie. <laughs> we don't see them till the end of the movie, and we see John Candy packing. It's like, well, where are the Brazilians during the sequence of <laughs> things? Is he yeah, hiding them? Did he where? go back to the house? Like, like, well, John Candy went back to the house to pack, but it's like, well, where are the Brazilians? How did they this? get away? Time off your jump. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, did he hide them somewhere secure? You peel the correct banana there. And then, like, <laughs> leisure time, kick back, nice, you know. And he's just, like, talking fish tacos. And then they're like, oh, yeah. Fish tacos. <laughs> 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 Quick on it. <laughs> See, I interpreted that as, like, because they were cutting, was, the camera was on them explaining all this stuff. And that was, like, his reaction to the whole mm-hmm. thing. But I guess fish tacos being the most recent thing that he said. <laughs> it was, like, the last <laughs> thing. And he just goes, well, we've been hide. Like, I love yeah. It's just like, well. I, I see it as a, it's a silly little thing. So, Mr. Bella. Yeah. 
If I was Chevy Chase. Mm-hmm. If I was Chevy, stay back, stay back. If I was Chevy Chase, keep your erections in order, ladies and gents. If I was Chevy Chase, and you were Demi Moore, and we had just met, and we got taken to a horror mansion. Mm-hmm. Would you fall in love with me even though I have no personality for you to fall in love with me? If I just walked over and you were like, I'm this man. And I'm like, I'm a man. <laughs> would you Would you make out with me? Probably. Yeah, if I you're wearing think. a play suit like that, you'd make out with anyone. I mean, come <laughs> yeah. on. And I'll be in the background being like, oh, I'm a man. It's a, it will be a dark, dark day in hell, ladies and gentlemen, if I ever see Misha Bella wear color. She's always wearing black. Misha Bella is always, always wearing black. If I saw Misha Bella in white, I'd be like, where's Misha Bella? (laughs) What happened? Are you feeling okay? (laughs) Where is she? And you would be like, she died. (laughs) And now let's make out Chevy Chase. (laughs) And you're like, but I'm not Chevy Chase. I'm Chevy Chase and you're not. (laughs) So I love this. She's like, I love just your pretty face. Does he have a pretty... Like, who's the pretty face? Neither of them. I mean, Demi Moore's okay, but in this movie, she's like she's a clown. She's not referring to herself. She's a clown. So, I love this. She's like, oh no, I better lay down. And then she and jumps over to the bed. Away. Leaps Says the title of the movie, Nothing But Trouble, then leaps away and automatically falls asleep. Okay, well, so it cuts away. Yeah, but she's automatically asleep by this point. Like, my favourite thing about this, too, is that scene is a foreshadowing to the end of the movie, in which I'm hearing you say, Ryan, this movie had 15 endings. (laughs) Which ending are you talking about? I'm talking about 15, the last one. The 15th. The fifteenth ending, right? The one in Brazil. No, (laughs) that's not the ending. Is that the last scene? No. Chevy Chase is sitting on his couch, and Dan Aykroyd is like, "I'm coming to visit." And Chevy Chase literally goes, "No!" Runs over his couch. You can hear the footsteps and him jump, and then it cuts to like a giant Chevy Chase hole in the wall. Yes. Now I know you're saying Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. This is an unappreciated masterpiece for sure, but that ending was a little bit wrong, wasn't it? It was just a cartoon that came out of nowhere. It completely threw off the magical tone that Dan Aykroyd had been setting. Well, that's where you're wrong. For you see, this movie is a horror comedy cartoon. Because you have sequences like this where they're doing this Scooby-Doo thing where they're like looking yeah. through the door and there's a door with a monster behind each one, like the bat room. <laughs> Uh, the bat room and the scene where she leaps onto the bed this movie's been setting up from the very beginning that this is a cartoon movie so when it reaches that final climactic joke you may think it's jarring but you're wrong it's perfectly acceptable for the terms of the universe they have set exactly yeah the rules of them (laughs) yeah yeah rules and terms yeah I love the bat room that's my favourite room like what's happening in here (laughs) like (laughs) <laughs> I mean, look, this movie could have sufficed with more eating of poo, but we can't always get what duck. we want. Yeah, she forgot to duck. Yeah, this is really the point in the movie where I'm like, oh, it's kind of like Painful Potter. Yeah, where he's making quips. Yeah. yeah. Um, pale Face. Is the Old name Pale of the movie. Face? Was no, just Pale Face. Pale Face. Uh, is a Bob Hope movie that we're referring to with Painless Pete Potter. Uh, is that one of your favourites, it right? It's one of my faves. Check it out. That's a great movie. But I love this whole sequence, right, Mish? When you watched it, Abella... Um, <laughs> Abella. <laughs> Abella. Did you watch this thinking, yeah, they're going to be trapped up here because a vault falls on the door? <laughs> 
No, you're American, no. so you obviously know all the references they make in every American movie. Of course. Um, <laughs> Jimmy Hoffa, they took him. How did you feel about that? About the revelation that these people killed Jimmy Hoffa? Because <laughs> everyone knows Jimmy Hoffa, right? Of course. You know, Jimmy <laughs> Hoffa, famous, went missing, people thought gangsters... Clearly, nobody thought to look in Vulcanvania, which is in America. Okay, where, where is? It's in New Jersey, isn't it, or something? They, no, I can't remember. They like is they, that where they said it. It's, they they did say they went on the turnpike off of something or other. You know, they're going to Atlantic it's City from New the York. East Coast, I guess. They're going to Atlantic City from New York, so I think it's in the New Jersey area. We will hear about it because they say it several times later where this is. But I wanted to ask you: in America, are there lots of towns called Vulcanvania? No. Are you sure? This could have been an Amish town. 7% sure. 7? Yeah. It's not like my... I like the odds. Oh, 77. (laughs) 77% sure. 77% Jimmy Hoffa's still missing. He's like, oh, they got him. Here's his ID. Nazi scientists. (laughs) I would watch a movie where Jimmy Hoffa was the main character. (laughs) And he got taken by these people. So, how old... Do you think Dan Aykroyd is supposed to be in this movie? This movie said in 1991, and he fought in World War One. Yep, so he's... Who, JP? He's, yeah, JP, yeah. he fought in World War One. He's got to be at least over 1780, at the very least. Well, he's got to be like 100-something. Yeah, yeah, he would. Because he would have had to be what? Like, you know, they lied about their ages during the war to get in in World War One, especially. So let's say he was 15 when he joined the war when America joined in World War One, Which was 1917, 16? Yeah. So he would have been, like, born... So in this movie, he is probably, like, verging 100, if not a bit over. Yeah. So in this movie, he's 100 years old. What's the deal it's with 70... his nose, though? It's 71 years after World War One. Don't you one. remember what happened with his nose? No. Chevy Chase goes into his bedroom... Oh, he, go, he goes somewhere. Yeah, they're about to have a sword fight. Yeah, they you remember kinda, sword fight? They yeah. have a sword fight. Because Chevy Chase goes in his room and reads, like, oh, a mining... One man, J.P. Volkenheiser, injured in mining explosion. He goes, oh, so that's what happened to that old <laughs> pig. Yeah, it's... But oh, he is that lost... right before he sees him in the mirror? Yeah, and they... Right. No, no, no. No, it was, like, after that, because... Um, Chevy Chase is watching. Yeah, Chevy Chase is watching him peel his nose. Yeah, yeah. And then he goes to sleep. Like um, JP goes to sleep, and then the gangsters. No, not the gangsters. The digital underground yeah. get taken in in the middle of the night. So JP gets up, gets in his chair, lowers down. Then Chevy Chase crawls into his room and starts like yeah. inspecting stuff. And he sees a paper thing saying like mining explosion. And then JP comes back up and he's like. What you doing here? I'm gonna kill you! And he's like, <laughs> sword fights him, then goes, marry my daughter. Um, <laughs> respect. And so he lost his leg in World War One because he said, I left that leg back in France. And I love the way he says it. He's like, I left that leg back in France. And he says it with such, like, hate. Like, he hates France, obviously. <laughs> but then later on, when he's with the Digital Underground, he says something about, like, oh, this reminds me of my beautiful time in France. It's like, where you lost your leg? <laughs> okay, I'm not a Digital Underground fan. I'm not into the hippity hop. Like, yeah, pull that dress up. Thank you. Uh, I was really worried about that. It's a that. halter, so it oh, should be pull... keeping itself up. Yeah, but, you know, she just went down a slide. Wait, she, what? She went... I'm confused. Is that bow for... Yeah, it's a halter. She should... 
Yeah, but her boobs. Sorry, I'm are talking about the technicalities of that. Her really? boobs so are I quite you, large. I thought you were confused by the slide. <laughs> slide. <laughs> no, her boobs. Her boobs are quite large with no bra, obviously. So I imagine she's just worried that it may just slip. She went down. If she was worried. She probably shouldn't. <laughs> well, she didn't know that she was going to go on a happy. Was it a happy go long? Happy go lucky fun slide. <laughs> But yeah, Debbie... One, a woman should always be prepared. Can we just talk about the fact that he's now removing the bits of himself? Yeah. So, the hair comes off first, obviously, and he looks like a human potato. <laughs> I mean... Tater tot. Oh, yes, tater tots. I do believe that this is a family who would live on tater tots. <laughs> and then the nose comes off, which came off in the explosion, I imagine, and he has, like, a pig nose? And Chevy Chase's reaction is everyone's reaction. When you guys saw that, what was your reaction? Because I imagine you didn't expect the nose to come off. I wasn't expecting him to take the nose off. Bartek's like, well, I did. Because I then ex- if you were to get a prosthetic nose, why would we go for something so phallic? Because he wants it to look like his real nose. No, my reaction was just like, ooh. Like, it wasn't like, oh my god, nose. Just- I know, Bartek. He was, he was <laughs> rubbing like- one out going, ooh. <laughs> just like Ooh, yes, I had paper in front of me. I drew a picture and I was rubbing it out. There, I admit it. I wasn't happy with my drawing. I like the fact that this hole in the wall is so big that if you were across the room, you could see Chevy Chase. Yes. <laughs> and then there's a hole lower down in the wall that he crawls through. Which isn't. Where is it at this point? Well, it's covered up with her. bones. <laughs> it looked like a fireplace. So, finally, she got this dress dirty, which I'm happy about. So, because she was so clean in this movie. I'm like, White, what? yeah, it's white. It's like, how are you not dirtying this up? She does look a bit clownish. She looks like a French clown. <laughs> if you said Demi Moore is playing a French clown in this movie, and you showed me a picture, I'd be like, oh, yeah, you know. Of course. Look, yeah. okay, so she's trying to start the car. The lights turn on, which means there's electricity battery power the phone still works but it doesn't work like what is it like it's not programmed into his phone or something like it's like the system to which you subscribe has no agreement with us so it's like he's let's say he's with like optus optus doesn't allow emergency phone calls brilliant (laughs) and then like later on he just like goes no you gotta push this Push this guy. Like, what the fuck? I don't understand. So, we see a brief, brief glimpse of these guys. Yeah. Did you expect the pure majesty of what they were? No. No, I did not. And were you happy? Again, it was, I was just... very I was, happy. I went blind. And you guys, as blind viewers... Yeah? Tell me, your, tell me your feelings and your experience when you saw these guys. And what what was your understanding of these guys? Because are they human? That's a question I also that, asked. Yeah, that was, I think, the first, like, what, what are they? <laughs> what are those? <laughs> so, Bartek, what, what about you? What were your feelings and your understanding of these guys when you I first was, saw them? I was just in awe. <laughs> Did because... you know one of them was Dan Aykroyd? No, I didn't. Um, <laughs> I just looked at them and I thought, Wow, this movie just really went that extra mile to be the bizarre movie. Like, look at the way their bellies jiggle. Yeah. And they're just like, they look like they've just been born. Well, they're meant the to look like babies. Woman. They're wearing diapers. I think nappies, sorry. We were nappies. So, so, they're your favourites, Bartek. Why? Yeah. Because, look. <laughs> Ryan, 
right now we're in 2016. Yeah. And you know, we, we've got a lot of... It's true, Miss Bella. These babies have tattoos. Go on. Yep. We live in 2016 and we have very great special effects these days, like in terms of the technology yeah, that make yeah. them. And, you know, you've got character, some iconic characters of, you know... Not necessarily special effects, but makeup. You got Voldemort. You've got that that guy f- who we saw briefly in the Star Wars movie, Snoke. Yeah. We've got um, what's another Smeagol. Smeagol and all that kind Planet of stuff. Of the Apes, all that. Motion we look capture. at them and it's like, oh yeah, these are characters made by you know special effects. But these guys here, yeah. Bobo and Little Devil, they look so lifelike. You know, they're not wearing makeup. That's what I mean. But that's them. <laughs> Miss Bella, when you take Dan Aykroyd's clothes off, that's what you get, a giant baby. <laughs> Look, they've got this like, kind of cheeky grins, their mouths open, they're yeah. happy. So, Miss Bella, what about you? I when you saw listen. this and you're like, okay, so this is where the movie's going now, were you like, okay, did you have an understanding of where, wh- what was going to happen when Absolutely. these guys Like answered? I said, it was like my parting kind of feeling was confusion. Yeah, when I watched this, I I, when I saw these guys, I just waved goodbye to reality. (laughs) Because at that point, it was no longer logic. Just bye bye. (laughs) But see, they're established characters, and they do do things in this movie that don't really matter. So I thought, Mm. like, oh, event like this could be the setup to a franchise. This family of um, you know, the judge, uh. Miss Perda or whatever his name the is. The cousin, yeah. The cousin and those two, you know, they could be like the recurring characters of the franchise. That's true, to torment yeah. a different individual or group. <laughs> now I'm each, kinda, now yeah. like slightly mad that there wasn't a sequel. <laughs> yeah, because they're established. <laughs> yeah, um, I've got and, a lot of feelings about like, there even being what a I... sequel as well. <laughs> um, some might say, oh, Joy. Um, oh, and Endora, I forgot her. And uh, Eldona. Eldona, I'm sorry. Or whatever. Okay, I know... I don't know Digital Underground. I'm not a fan of the hip-hop, as I mentioned, but why does this guy have... A, like, one of those, like, silly noses, like, with the glasses? Yeah, okay, I'll be honest with you. Watching it, it didn't take me until they started singing and dancing to know that it was a fake nose. I thought, oh, is he just wearing, like... Like, he's just applied, like, really dark skin makeup on the nose to give a stupid effect because it's like they never focused on him enough like they just keep cutting back and forth back and forth so it's kind of like i didn't have enough time to actually kind of gauge what's happening is that like the musician's trademark or is this just in the film this is why (laughs) this might be my racist comment of the episode go on but um, all right they should be have... slaves. What the hell were they doing driving? No, um, <laughs> I, no, I didn't. Get I didn't. Cotton. Actually, I don't even know if it's racist or just whatever. Go on. Look, I didn't know that they were musicians until they said it. I thought like because they were dressed. You thought all... they were pimps. Yeah, pimps. I thought they were pimps. It's okay. It's okay. But then you saw Tupac in there, and you're like, oh, obviously. <laughs> well, no, they're I, gangsters. it took a while before you saw. Like, no, I didn't even realize it was a band that Tupac was in. Yeah, you're right. In the mirror, it's like, oh no, because they all look the same. <laughs> I thought... uh, just kidding. So. Tupac's in this movie. So, so... <laughs> debut movie, yeah. His debut performance, best work he ever did. If you said to me, you know, the other thing I know about Tupac is that he died, and people yeah. are really upset about that, and people still... Ugh, people are people in- still <laughs> think he's alive or around, or he was into a hologram. He's hanging out with Elvis Presley. He's hanging out with Elvis, you know, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. If you said to me, you know, Dan Aykroyd died on the making of Nothing But Trouble, and Tupac found his 
early prosthetic makeups and he's just pretending to be Dan Aykroyd to get away from the West Coast side or whatever, I would believe you. Well, he did get away from... There's plenty... He did get away from the West Coast side because he's over in this part of America, which is in the East, I believe. So, interesting thing. John Candy's... John Candy's dead. Yeah. In real life. And Tupac yeah. is dead. Does that mean John Candy and Tupac might have been the same person? I never saw them in the same shot. I don't know. <laughs> That's true. I don't know when Candy died. <laughs> uh, in the 90s. Yeah. Shortly after this, I actually. Think, I think Tupac was 96. John. Oh, yeah. It would have been around the same time, actually. Because it's 1991. He had a few movies left in him. John Candy died of heart attack. That means that we can look back on the great Tupac movie, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Oh, uh, my favorite Tupac movie. So... I really like a lot of things in this, but the practicality... That chick's boobs are pretty good, but the practicality of like this... <laughs> yeah, but it's pink. Again, very practical. Uh, yeah. I just really... <laughs> 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 it's like, okay, what? is that the guy's trademark? Or like, I would understand if it was one of the family members because they're all kooky, but it's like, oh, other people are kooky too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just really like how much the judge likes them. <laughs> if it was an ambulance, you got a chance. If it's a hearse, gotta be worse. He's a rapper. And that's when they realize, shit, dog, he's a rapper. Um, no, I really like the intricacies of the set. Like, the money, you know, yeah, 40 million, it's quite a absurd 40 million dollars but when you look at the set you get a real history of these characters such as the fanatical christians but weirdly enough that never actually plays into their characters too much you know That's i mean true. like you don't have the judge spouting off bible quotes and i think the you don't only have, time you... i heard a mention of god was when um chevy chase was like on the way to the bone stripper, bone stripper and then and he's, he's like, like Please, God, please. Oh, thank you, God. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Chase is the one that brings religion into <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, Excuse me, one. big girls don't cry. <laughs> <laughs> now, Bartek, as a big girl... Um, <laughs> yes, Ryan, what is it? <laughs> Excuse me, you're mute. Come on. Um, do you cry? <laughs> uh, now, Michelle, I, I, uh, which of the outfits do you think John Candy as a woman would look sexier in? The first one or this one? The sexiest would probably be the latter. The yeah, one. I agree. Absolutely. And even John Candy's like, Chevy, I know that you know that I'm a dude, but you are such a ladies' man. <laughs> naughty, naughty. I like how... At no point has anyone told him that he's going to get married to her. Oh, look, this, right this way, Mr. Snappy comeback. It's very, like, very... finally someone calls Chevy Chase out. <laughs> and takes him out of the room. Gun. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> okay, so... L- Off screen, yeah. Little Devil. Little Devil and, uh, what was Bobo? Yeah. Have tattoos. They're giant babies. They have... Oh, they do have tattoos. They have. They are constantly sweating, covered sometimes in blood, sweat, and oil. They've got weird heads, <laughs> to say the least. And they say, "Demi Moore, we play. What are we gonna do with her? What did you think they were gonna do with Demi Moore when they said, oh, we just want to play with her?'" What did you think was going to happen? Because I didn't think a game of cards was going to be the thing. If anything, if this movie said, oh, they tried to have sex with her, I would be like, yeah, that seemed like a logical approach. I thought they were just going to like refer a part or something. Eat her? No, I, I bought into the fact that they were like children. Children, basically. so they might have like made her play kids games. Not like, if it was Uno, 
<laughs> Uno. Uno. I literally know. said the word Uno in this episode. People <laughs> pronounce it Wrong? both ways. Uh, I like this chick. These chicks eventually get up onto the... There he yeah. is. Oh, <laughs> there he is. They eventually get up onto the stand with the judge and start grinding yeah. on the judge. How did they Would you there? grind on him? Well, clearly they just climbed well, up. Was that during when he was playing <laughs> yes. on the piano? Well, then, because yeah. that's when they knew he was funky. Yeah. He was with it. I do like the dramatic kick to the head again. And you think, oh, he's going to kill these guys because not only is it hippity hop, because you got to think hip hop music had old old people hated. Like he does look like Chris Rock. <laughs> old people hate hip hop in most ways, and right? I like think that's the general consensus. Too. Religious people, and not only that. But these are backwater hillbilly people who grew up, who live in pretty much the 19th century <laughs> and grew up then and whatever. You think that when black hip-hop artists start playing hip-hop, you think he's going to kill them, right? No, the dramatic twist is he joins in. And it sounds really good. The sun goes But what I love about this is, is they join in, they start crying, and this guy's like, oh, he's, he's good. What I like about it is, it's not out of character that he lets them go. Like, although I said this stuff, like, you expect this. With what we're given with the character, yes, he's a monster and a killer, but his sense of justice would allow them to live because he's got this twisted look of good and evil, right? And they're serving like something the, must appeal to him. Yeah, and they're serving the greater good with entertainment. Like, oddly enough... Back in the 90s with censorship and, and, you know, the religious fanatics going on about hip-hop and rock and roll and all this being morally deplorable and all that, you'd think this guy would have this take, but no, he's actually like, you guys are performers. It doesn't matter if you're racy or if I'm not into your music or whatever. People like you, you're serving the greater community for good. I'll let you go. (laughs) I like that. I think, like, it's one of those moments where... This guy is a human. Like, you know, he seems like this horrible monster dude, but this humanizes a character that at this point has not been human at all. Yeah, and, and he's <laughs> not, and like, he believes, he likes them so much that he's not even doing some weird shit or anything. <laughs> and he likes them so much that he's like, one more favor, could you be the musicians for my daughter's wedding? Yeah. <laughs> I like, do you remember what the daughter's career is? She's an eng... Uh, mechanic. Mechanic, that's She's it. the best mechanic <laughs> in the East. That's what he says. Apparently like, she's left home far enough to be... You know. <laughs> or people come to Vulcanvania just for her. Like, they're like, I'm in New York, my car's broken, I gotta go to Vulcanvania, get it fixed. <laughs> no cussing, remember? <laughs> no cussing, no cussing. though. Uh, you know, and they got this junkyard... So this is out of nowhere. He's being really nice to him. He's like, yeah, we just had that sword fight. But would you marry my daughter? You seem like a good guy because we had that sword fight. That's like the most interactions they've had together with a sword fight. And weirdly enough, I will let you, not my grandson, who's been an honorable servant of the peace, be the heir to all of this. That's what he says. He's just like, you get, you can, you have all of this. But earlier in the film, he's like, John Candy can have all of this. And at this point, he doesn't know that John Candy's left or John Candy's done anything. In <laughs> fact, John Candy's been on point. He brought those gangsters in. So why is he saying, fuck you, no, John Candy? John, Oh, yeah, gangsters, yeah. 
That's what I'm saying, gangsters. I got racist and mixed up the gangsters of the musicians. So why is he? Why is he going? You can have it, Chevy. Who smoked in my courtroom is a felon and tried to kill me with a knife. I think it's because his granddaughter is his favorite. Yeah. But then again, I think he knows he doesn't want to. He's gonna want to escape. Here's here's a big question. So he's messing with. Yeah, he's got to he's got to entice him to stay, right? Other than chains. Um. Here's a question. What is with this family, right? Where are the mother and father of John Candy? No, I'm sorry, John Candies. And Little Devil and Bobo, because he's the grandfather. Mm-hmm. Right. So where's the next generation? Where so, are the parents? So hold on. The two John Candy characters and uh, Miss Perda, Bo- uh, they're all... And the and, and Debo, they're all brother and sister, right? No, the the, the, the woman's a cousin. Yeah, but they're all his grandchildren. Right, doesn't matter. They're all his grandchildren. Yeah, where are the parents in all of this? Like, it doesn't say. Like, where's John Candy's mum? Where's maybe, John Candy's dad? Maybe they became bankers. Fuck damn! <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate twist. Maybe they were the first victims. Would you wear that to your wedding? John Candy? <laughs> Would you wear John Candy? <laughs> Would I wear John Candy to my wedding? The answer is yes. That chick in the pink tank tops breasts are on point in this movie. Like, it's like, you know how in films <laughs> they've got to have people that like adjust your hair and whatever? I wonder if there was someone's like, okay, lower the tank the top just a bit. Yeah. Boop. Perfect. <laughs> and she's like the sassiest one. See her there? Like, not the one in the pink dress, the one in the pink tank top. She had just shot of her boobs behind John Candy right there. It's just like, well, we shared one asset that we had to exploit. Well, yeah, in this shot, Look it's like that. you're Look looking at, at you're looking at John Candy as a woman and breasts, and it just merges it's the just two, a, and you're happy. A shot of happiness. Oh, yeah. Now the breasts is. are replaced by Vigilante Grand Guy. Uh, <laughs> Eldona. <laughs> so I feel like. What happened to these parents? <laughs> Maybe they died. Maybe they like moved away. <laughs> Maybe they're on vacation. Maybe they're in Brazil. <gasps> oh. That's the sequel. It's like they're in Brazil and they're like, they... and they're like, son, what are you doing here? And they're played by Chevy Chase, his parents. <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> his parents. I wish they'd do that just to fuck people. <laughs> his parents, <laughs> Chevy Chase, in a dress with like a penis nose. Oh like they get God. it from the woman, like the penis nose on him. And like, like the, 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 the dad would be kind of like, you know, he has a beard, and he would be kind of like, you know, Scruffy the janitor. <laughs> like, Scruffy the janitor. Like, that kind of thing, where he's just, like, really solemn and smoking, and he's just like, Sean. So, another... Oh, With, like, two fingers joined together. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is the kind of movie that does that. So, I was, when I was reading the trivia, or the goofs, or whatever, on, on IMDb of this movie, they were talking about how the, um, you know, the characters who have made the biggest impact on this movie so far, the Brazilian is... Uh, <laughs> we haven't seen them since the yeah. ride fish tacos. Yeah, they they had the they whole. Did they come in like soon? No, we don't see them till the end of the film. Damn it! Same, <laughs> same with male John Candy. How um they spoke Spanish when in Brazil they speak Portuguese. Yeah. Uh, I think you're wrong about John Candy. We see him again because he packs up his stuff. Didn't we already see that? Oh, did we miss that? Ah, shit. Because oh. I have a whole thing because, about that. Because when the when Digital Underground were being brought in, he was like walking mm. out. But he's never suitcase, so. I don't oh, know. Okay, there's a bit where he's packing his suitcase. Maybe we missed it because we we're talking too much about boobs. But <laughs> that, that there's a the sequence case? in this movie. Okay, Mr. Bone Stripper has his own theme song. We didn't even mention that. Bone Stripper. Mr. Bone Stripper. 
<laughs> Stripping your bones. I like that he pops out of the thing still. Like, what's pushing him out? Like, all of it fell like apart. So, what's pushing Maybe. Chevy Chase out of the tube at the back? Because it all falls apart. Everything stops. Um, the power of comedy? I don't know. The power of chase. <laughs> Like, look, it, it all it all <laughs> stops. Like, those are stop and stop, and then just pathetically... Eh. <laughs> Maybe the parents' jobs are to, like, you know, push things, and they just... Could you, you, know, imagine, you can't turn off parents. Could you imagine being on the set for this and going, okay, I get to push Chevy Chase out of a tube today. See you later, honey. <laughs> Into bones. Sorry, son. I couldn't make it to your, to your baseball game. I had to push Chevy Chase out of a tube. <laughs> And the kids Priorities. like, and the kids like got that kind of mentality of a fifty-year-old man, where he's like, "You gotta do what you gotta do." <laughs> it's justified. It's okay. Go, go do that. So I have a whole point about John Candy, right? John Candy, the sheriff, constable. Here it is. Oh, here it is. Good. Look at this picture. Yeah. That's not a picture of him as a sheriff. That's a picture of him as what? Is Navy? Is that Navy? It looks. Looks it. He looks yeah. like he was in the military of some sort. So that means John Candy... I think that alone gives so much to his character. Because here's the thing. Why is John Candy the good one? Like, what about it, about him, makes him different to the rest? Because, ideally, until that scene, you think that he has lived in this town all of his life. He's the sheriff. Why isn't he as bad and as rotten as them? Like, there's no reason why he wouldn't be. Yeah. But I think that shows that he has spent time in the real world. He has travelled the world, probably. So he has an understanding that this, this situation (laughs) is not normal. Hence, he is so, like, trying to abide by the actual law. Mm. I think that's really, really smart filmmaking. Because they could have just not had that scene. And you could just be like, oh, it's just, I guess, just John Candy got tired of being evil. But, like... Mm. That's not how it works, because they don't know they're evil. Yeah, and again, if this had become a franchise, he could have been explored more, because, you know, he's not with the family anymore. And if he ever still alive, yeah. Hmm. No, they just get corpse of John Candy and just put peanut butter on his lips, make him move. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, why does he have peanut butter on his lips? Didn't you see the first one? He had, he had ants on a lock. It's a reference. And he was having oh, Here it is. Hell on earth. So if the land is that fragile that he pokes his cane through it, why are their feet not falling through it? Yeah, like it's that because they're light as a feather. Yeah, yeah don't yeah, Dan Aykroyd's light as a feather. The makeup is very like anti-weight. So anti-weight. Do you know the film critic Roger Ebert? No. Roger Ebert and Gene Siskel are like the film critics from America. And Roger Ebert's the antagonist of our show because he has rated movies that are unappreciated masterpieces on his worst of lists. And this movie is on that list where famously he saw the movie in an abandoned, semi-abandoned movie theatre with only a few adults and several teenagers who were all making loud noises and talking, and he famously got up and encouraged them to make more noise so he didn't have to hear any more of this horrible movie. This is where I draw the line, Roger. You're dead, I know that. But if I could speak to Roger Ebert today... I have to say this. 
we are on a level film critics. We're analysing films, right? And we don't have our own TV show, and we're not considered to be the number one uh, source of film critique in the world, like Roger Ebert. But you know what we don't do? We don't encourage teenagers to talk over a film, even if it's not one we like. This is where I draw the line, dead Roger Ebert. Stay dead, because you know what you're doing? You're being quiet. No one's getting to hear none of that shit out of your mouth. <laughs> Bastard. I'm very upset with Roger Ebert about this. I'm like, this movie doesn't deserve that kind of treatment. I mean, look, you got Demi Moore tied up. I mean, come on, by giant babies. This movie, <laughs> this movie actually dared to answer the question, should we tie Demi Moore up with, gi- with giant babies tying her up? Yes, is the answer. <laughs> Even Siskel didn't like it, but at least he was probably quiet about it. Yeah. yeah. I liked it, so I guess I'm better than both of them combined. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're even. I don't like anything. You know, jeez. So... I don't like this movie. Speak up, teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> and then they were just like, who's this cool cat? <laughs> and, like, and they put their hats on the side and they, <laughs> and they kick up a skateboard. Well, yo, And Roger kids. Ebert catches the skateboard and he goes, now, kids, let me teach you how to do... Let me teach you how to do a flip. <laughs> Yo kids, let me tell you a tale. I'm Roger Ebert and I like to bail on my career. <laughs> Hi there, kids. I'm I'm Roger Ebert. And just like can you imagine you sitting there and you're just watching nothing but trouble and Roger Ebert's just like doing wheelies and like helixes <laughs> in trying to entice the youth <laughs> and, and flips in front of the screen? Really they're like, and they're like, isn't that Roger Ebert? And he's like, up yours, kids. Up yours. No, like Seymour Skinner, up yours, children. <laughs> and instead of giving them the finger, he gives them a thumbs up. No, thumbs down. <laughs> up, yeah, but then he's saying, up yours. So it's like, up yours, children. I love it. It's just, uh, you know, at this point in the movie, they're now just on the run. Now... You guys having been first-time viewers, did you think it was going to end? What did you think the ending was going to be? Did you have a prediction? Or when they went to the cops, you're like, oh, no, this is going to be the ending, right? What was your feelings, Mishmela? I I just, I didn't know that there was an ending. <laughs> Even when it ended. I was like, you're like this oh. can't be it. This isn't, this isn't You waited till the end credits. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was like another 20 minutes. <laughs> No, I was kind of like, no, this can't be it. There's more to it. Because even when the uh, the cousin's like, rawr, 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 like yeah, they got away. Crap, they got away. Mm. I, I knew it wasn't the end. Mm. But even then, when it did end, I was like, this Wait, what? isn't the, what? This is not the end. Did but... you know it was a good movie when Bill Murray's brother plays the head of the FBI? <laughs> is that his brother? Bill Murray's brother is one of the heads of the FBI or SWAT team or whatever. I'll point him out. He's been in lots of stuff. Like, have you watched Wayne's World? Yes. Um, In Wayne's World, Bill Murray's older brother who's in this, uh, he's like the head of the TV studio that they want to be on. Like, that they get on and they mock him. Oh, the the sphincter says what guy? 
The yeah, guy, yeah, uh, yeah, who him. says what? Yeah, and you know he's the arcade guy. That's okay. Bill Murray's older brother. Oh, him! Oh. And you know he—you can really tell by looking at him that he is Bill Murray's brother, but older. Like, I think <laughs> oh, he's Noah. Like, His name was Noah, right? Yeah, I think so. I can't Noah's remember. arcade. Yeah, that guy from Wayne's World, and he's also in Christmas Vacation as Clark Griswold's boss, who he hogtie, who he gets hogtied up. So. You know, he's he's a part of the Second City gang, so he works with... He's been, you know, Bill Murray, obviously, and Chevy yeah. Chase and Dan Aykroyd, so him appearing in this movie is, is completely not out of the ordinary. And, you know, there's lots of interesting people whose careers have really blossomed from this movie. Like, <laughs> oddly enough, if you look up anything about this movie, you never hear any of the actors mention it. And I think it's because they're, they're thrilled about it to the point where they're all silent. Yeah. John Candy, of... deathly silent. Well, maybe... Tupac... <laughs> Even more. Or maybe they were just worried that, you know, Roger Ebert would get on to them. He would get out of his grave and go, Ah, what did I say to those kids? (laughs) He's only only been dead for like two, three years. Like, yeah, two, four years. So he like, oh, can you imagine his grave? (laughs) Could you imagine it? Instead of a tombstone, it's a skateboard. (laughs) With, with, with hashtag, no, with, at Roger Ebert. <laughs> oh my god. Are people going to put Twitter handles on their graves? Oh my god. At Michabella. Like... <laughs> the one Michabella. Hashtag, hashtag. Hashtag the ridge. <laughs> so. The OG. I'm surprised that the FBI or SWAT team even listened to them. Like everything. You know what's weird? When you think about it, you're like, oh yeah, they get the police in and the police arrest these guys, it'll be a cool ending. But when they actually reveal this scene, it makes you realise, shit, yeah, like, this movie was so absurd that, in fact, if you oh, told it to a real person... Like yeah, it's like it's like <laughs> nonsensical babblings going on right yeah, here. Yeah, and she looks like a clown, so, you know. <laughs> and Chevy Chase looks like Would he just came believe? from the gym. <laughs> like... Because he obviously is he's nervous. <laughs> he's he in shock. His forehead, nervous. Have you ever watched Sherlock, the TV show? Yeah. In the first good. episode they give him like a blanket for shock. He's like, this is my shock blanket. Like this is his shock towel. It's America. They don't have blankets. Yeah. So So when they when they believe them and said we'll have to go with you, that surprised me. But then what what happened here was I thought that like all the suspicious stuff would be gone away, and they'd be like, "You thought it would be different." Yeah, it was like you guys were just messing around. This is clearly a nice old man. Yeah, you thought he was going to actually be out of here. I never predicted the like, what happens after. My favorite part is at all. Let's count. There's probably over two hundred people, right? Maybe. No, like if you see the outside shot, there's probably just verging on two hundred people, maybe just a bit over, and they all say in unison. Hey, Judge Vulcanizer, or whatever. Like they're like, we know this guy. Like, and here's the greatest thing: was this on purpose, or did they not know that it was the judge's house until they saw the judge? Like, I because think... they're aware, but they seem completely oblivious. I'm like, are they acting to this point, or they've been on it the whole time? I think they've been on it, and it's just another thing to mess with. Chevy. But why would they Chevy. use all this manpower? To mess with him, to make false sense of security. I love this. Look at that confidence. And look, there's so many people. (laughs) That was just like ten people in that one pan. Like, look at it. It's like it goes all the way back towards like near, you know, near that statue. So there's so many people. It feels like there's two hundred people, maybe. But you know, that's for magic. And then this old man comes out, and they're like, "We got him. We got him finally. We're wearing our little police jacket." I think John can. John Candy with a roller makes me moist. 
like a cake he's probably baking. <laughs> Hi, Judge. Look how many people there are. Judge Alvin. Okay. Judge Alvin. Oh, hey there, boy. You can't go across my friends. And they're like, oh. <laughs> this guy, this head cop there, he always plays cops. Like, he's in the movie Falling Down with Michael Douglas and he plays a cop. I swear he's a cop and everything. You know, some people just like doing that. And I think like and I think Dan Aykroyd likes playing that. shriveled prunes. <laughs> oh my god, he looks like Bill Murray. <laughs> it's so obvious, but people forget Bill Murray is not the I only like, Murray with talent. <laughs> I like how they make a big deal of now it's suddenly the tables are turned, there are two hundred and two people against you, and then all of a sudden oh wait, earthquake thing, whatever. Yeah, well coal fire. They coal set fire. it up. Coal fire, yeah. Coal fire. It was set up but then this uh, you know, plot like twist suddenly becomes kind of null and yeah. void. Well, it wasn't... So, yeah, it comes null and void, but it's like, at least when he stabbed his cane through the ground, it reminded you, like, oh, it is pretty bad. Oh, no, I'm not saying it came out of nowhere. It's just that the plot twist is now kind of just, like, you, no point. Do you like the fact that it turns the top soil into crude oil, thus making them the Beverly Hillbillies? <laughs> <laughs> Did you think about that? No, I didn't. <laughs> I'm, just like, ju- I'm just realising it now. <laughs> like, could you imagine the Beverly Hillbillies theme oh, oh, song oh. about these? Oh, yeah, so it's like, oh, it's an alarm system. It's like... Cut off switch or something? What does it mean? He just says <laughs> jargon. He's just like, well, it's just a cut off switch. You know, it's just the alarm clock radio. You just got to switch it to the left. And How did know. you not know? Super did you know that you have to slider. roast an egg before you could start this car? The wind roast has to be... Blink at it twice and then say something. You have to lean to the left. The car likes to drive to the right, so you have to lean to the left. You put your left foot in, you take your left foot out. And shake it all about. The sun rises from the east, so you better drive towards the west. (laughs) One hop this time. Yeah, Roger Ebert rides a skateboard, you better have an alarm clock radio. It's Jesus. Uh, Yeah, Fausto. I like. Out of nowhere, she's now in love with John Candy, who, might I add, I love John Candy too, and he looks like a sexy James Bond in this scene. He does. Could you imagine him in a James Bond movie where he's playing like 009 or something or other, and he's like, <laughs> "It's me, 009," and he's doing like <laughs> Sean Connery, <laughs> but he's still like hey, got James. that John Candy face where he's just like, "Hey there, man, how are you gonna mix that?" Because you're like, "Hey James," kind of guys, and like, "Is that what I said?" <laughs> what? Wait, I love those. I was like, what are you doing? I, like I was how- trying to do a John Candy impression, and like, I was trying to do a Sean Connery, and then I tried mixing them. He's like, hey there, guys. <laughs> it's hey, me, John Candy. Hey there, guys. Hey there, guys. It's me, John Candy. It's me, John Candy. He's having night terrors about this incident, but here's the thing. Everything that he's saying didn't happen. I know. Like, he's like, no, no, not the water. What water? Yeah, he didn't drink anything. He, he didn't even what? swim what? through the toxic... And then his dog barking, like, oh, oh. He didn't get chased by dogs. She did. <laughs> and uh, and the Brazilians. Yeah. There's no point. <laughs> and, <laughs> it's like it's like in the movie The Room, where yeah. it's like, what are you doing? Candles, the music, the sexy dress, and there's only one of them. It's like this. It's like and there's it was only like one. Debatably <laughs> sexy. Dress. Yeah, it's like, well, yeah, for her it was attractive enough. But this movie, really, Dan Aykroyd wrote it himself, directed it, produced it, starred in it. He basically is Tommy Wiseau of 1991. Yep. And if Tommy Wiseau could have made this movie, I think it would be the exact same movie. If, if not for the fact that this is, you know, the Warner Brothers logo, and if it was an independent movie, yeah. 
I mean, I'm sure Tommy Wiseau had forty million dollars to piss into the wind. I'm sure he had. I'm sure he had and still has way more. So, this oh, is a scene in which stuck. you see his penis nose again. It's in a very quick shot. Like they don't make a big deal out of it, but they like give the tip and like you know the ridge, and it's beautiful. So, did you think that they were going to all be alive again? We yeah. was like, and did you think it was going to end with him being like, I'm going to come visit my son-in-law? That definitely Grandson-in-law. not. Grandson-in-law. And then this scene. <laughs> Wait, look, penis nose. It's like, yep, zoom in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then this happens where it's like, oh, okay. And then, oh, all around the world, same song. Okay, the movie's ended. And like, then it's just like showing them. It's like, oh yeah, Chevy Chase. Yeah, and the actual shots from the JP. movie. JP. Well, yeah, why wouldn't they be? Oh, the JP, Justice of Peace. Right. Justice of Peace, that's it. Dan Aykroyd is Bobo. It's like, oh yeah, of course he is. Think Ghostbusters to this. <laughs> and they wonder why Ghostbusters 3 never got made. Mm. Mm, Eldona should have been in it. <laughs> Did you know John Candy was originally going to be in Ghostbusters as Rick Moranis' character? You know, really? uh, you know, the nerdy guy with glasses. He was going to be that How? character, but it was a completely different character. So oh. instead, it was going to be a German man who had two giant uh, uh, German shepherds, and he was more obsessed about his dogs. While Rick Moranis was playing it like he was more obsessed about like numbers and stuff and whatever, and like... Awkward. But John Candy's portrayal of this character was too weird. So they just went with Rick Moranis instead. <laughs> I want to see that movie with John Candy's German dog fetish guy. I like how they're calling it Digital Underground, but then like rap group because they didn't say Because they didn't say their name. And I like Tupac is spelled with a two. <laughs> is it P-U-C or P-A-C? P-U-C. Are they spelled it P-A-C. Two- oh, no. Two- maybe, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. No, it's I thought it was Tupac. P-U-P-A-C. Oh, oh no. I will find out because someone's called Princess McLean. <laughs> <laughs> Is it McLean or McLean? I'm going to call him McLean. <laughs> Mr. McLean. So that was nothing but trouble. 1991. Mm-hmm. That seems like a long time ago, but this movie seems timeless. This movie Same. really is a gem. We're going to get into our reviews now. I think I'll go first with this because this movie, for me, has a lot of history. I've watched this movie many times. I didn't mention it too much, but I mentioned before I didn't like it. But it was one of those movies I'll keep visiting again and again and again and again, going, what about this doesn't work? What about this isn't working for me? And through that process, I began to like it. Maybe this is a type of movie that you need to subject yourself to 15 times to get it because not every comedy movie and yes although we have made fun of the fact that this isn't really a comedy but it is not every comedy movie has to be laugh out loud riot funny that just appeals to the dumb masses some of them can be intelligent and some of them can be weird and this is both i appreciate the imagination of this movie above all else yes it is baggy in places and yes things don't make a a whole ton of sense But it's made with love, and it's not every day that you see a blockbuster, $40 million comedy movie that is a surrealist nightmare slash dream. I am so happy that this got made. 
you know, this, I personally feel, has opened up a gateway for lots of other kind of dark com- comedy movies. For some reason that this... Wait, special thanks to John yes, Hughes? Yes, for some reason there's a special thanks to John Hughes, probably because John Hughes was inspired to do Baby's Day Out after seeing this, because there was babies in this <laughs> yeah. movie. But as I was saying, I feel like this movie's opened a gateway for lots of comedians. So, you like, there's one show in particular, it's a smaller British TV show called The League of Gentlemen, which has two characters that are basically the same as these characters, and horror comedy usually is something like Scary Movie or something with ghosts or something. You never get a horror comedy that's kind of like this, where it's like kind of more on the horror side, on the grotesque, and I appreciate that. If I had to give this a rating out of something, it's so hard because... I could rate this, you know, a, a a dead Chevy Chase or something, but I feel like the only proper thing to rate this movie is genius. The rating is genius. It is a genius that we may never see again because Dan Aykroyd has never directed again. And maybe we have lost the Picasso of film. Bartek. I think he's doing a tour at the moment. Dan Aykroyd? I hope he talks about nothing but trouble or Picasso. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's dead. <laughs> um, Bartek, let's hear, let's hear from you. Okay. So look. Go on. Uh, that pause won't make any sense because there's a physical thing that happened. Now the audience is going to be like, what the hell? <laughs> <clears throat> this movie, uh, it has qualities that I appreciate and that Ryan appreciates. Uh, qualities that we can both mutually appreciate yeah um i want to tie this movie back to a movie that we did in a recent episode uh thunderpants where ryan you would say that thunderpants was a crazy movie right that movie took place in one week and the boy killed someone and got tried for murder and then nearly got executed and then got signed up by nasa so he could fuel a rocket with farts might I add, it all took place in one week, and Ron Weasley's in it. Go on. Yeah, but I'm pretty but, sure I've seen it. Yeah, but but more good, more crazy <laughs> in like the world they live in is just kind of crazy. I thought what I just said described the world. They live in. <laughs> you were, you were, I would have thought, yeah. You were like saying the plot there, but I mean like just an the, average day in that world would be crazy. An average day in that world would be an equivalent of two years in our world. <laughs> Go on. Yes, so Go with your look, we had a crazy world there, and then the rest of the movies that we did on this show, I don't know if any of them, uh, please correct me if I'm wrong, because maybe year one would count, they had like that kind of level crazy world. No, we've done quite a lot. Surf Ninjas had <laughs> a pretty crazy world. Surf Ninjas too. It had yeah. frictionless ground. Frictionless ground, yeah, th- th- there were a lot of movies that we had that had like a strange... Uh, law of nature there, like frictionless ground on dirt or anything like that. <laughs> this movie right here, it had a crazy world, and I feel like more than any other, because they've all had ridiculous stuff, this one went above and beyond in terms of the crazy. Just simply, even if the rest of the world was normal, even if you can look past the Bra- the Brazilianaires' crazy craziness, they, the way they behave, because you could be like, yeah, they are so rich that they're out of touch with reality. A speeding ticket to them could just be like a, a entrance fee to being able to do whatever they want. 
Yeah. yeah, it's like, oh, you you sped. Well, you got to pay money in order to be allowed to speed, rather than it being a punishment. Yeah, or they just offer fish tacos. Yes. Yeah, so even if you things that work so well, <laughs> even if you disregard all of that, that Vulcanvania was that was his name Vulcanvania Vulcanvania yeah. Vulcanvania Vulcanvania. Vulcanvania Vulcanizers. Yes, Vulcanvania alone is what makes this world one of the craziest that we've seen. The set, the, the mise en scene of this movie, above and beyond any we've done on the show, and maybe any that we've seen recently. Oh yeah, I mean Star Wars. You know, it's set in a million places, but so it's you can't, not as bizarre. But it's not as bizarre. It's not as sexy. It's no. not as sexy. This movie has <laughs> great mise en scene, a lot of sexiness, as you just said, and even the parts that aren't the really crazy bits, they have great moments. Like again. The the Brazilianaires. Mm. Yes. So this movie, it's a it's a, I guess this is why it's an adventure. Yeah, it's adventure of the soul. Yes, and this movie also, I, I mentioned in the Baby's Day Out episode that there was a lot of like destiny, the world bringing the movie mm. to us. This one sort of did too for me because um, I told this to Ryan in a, in a few weeks ago, just outside of this show that um, a game that I was really looking forward to was coming out and it came out a couple of days ago it's called Zero Time Dilemma and that's mm. about a bunch of people being trapped in a uh, in a shelter with a bunch of death traps going on and it really reminded me of this of house this <laughs> yeah and like that's Scooby-Doo is it, is it a <laughs> and Scooby-Doo yes is it a coincidence that a few days after I finished that game I watched this movie I think not. <laughs> I don't think so either, Ryan. The I stars have aligned. I do not great. think so. Everything <laughs> has played out so that I watched this movie. You mentioned this movie to me after I did that thing right there where I played the game I was really waiting for. Great. So that is my review of this What's movie. What's your rating, though, buddy? I have to give this movie a rating, and if I had to give it a rating, which, which I have do. to do... Or you get John King. I always, I always like to quote you because you're always like, if I had to give this movie a rating... <laughs> like, I feel like what my whole thing is with that is it's like, I feel like, you know, like, the movie's making me give it a rating because yeah. it's that good. Yeah, you, you can't <laughs> yeah. boil anything down to a rating, but we have to give it one. Yeah. And this movie, I would have to give it a... I would give it my penis. Great. <laughs> Miss Chappelle's oh. like, damn, I wanted the penis. That was, damn. I wanted it. Damn, I damn, damn. I wanted it. Miss Chappelle, <laughs> let's hear from you. A quick review and a rating of out of anything you desire. Out of anything. All right, well. But no penis. No. no, you can have a penis, but in a different Gosh, way to Bartek's. In a different way to Bartek's penis. <laughs> well, I think this one really appealed to me just because like you said before, the sheer effort and thought that went into this, just the scenery, mm. just the set as itself, just everything was so just well thought out. Nothing was, they didn't skimp on anything. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. There was always something to look at. If it wasn't the penis, it was something else. It was Boobs. a giant baby. <laughs> Boobs, babies, books, whatever it is. But I, I, I love this. I love that I was able to watch it. Um, similarly, I think if I had watched it when I was younger, I would have hated it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is this? But I'm glad that I've experienced it. 
again, ashamed that I didn't discover it earlier. <laughs> yeah, well, it's okay. I'm like the messiah when it comes to weird move, great weird movies. It's like, Ryan, what's a movie that you can recommend? <laughs> Nothing but trouble. If you had to give it a rating? Uh, fish tacos. <gasps> fish tacos out fish of fish tacos. tacos. Ryan, what? do you and I like fish? <laughs> yes. Oh, no, I, I hate s- fish. Yeah. <laughs> so do you. But if there were a taco form, then I'd go to Brazil. Yep. So, other people had other things to say. Yep. I've got a variety of reviews here from IMDb. Some of them <laughs> positive, some of them negative. Because it's always good to get a mixed bag. Because, like I said, I had a mixed bag feeling with this when I was growing up, and so did others. So, <laughs> this is a 10-star review to start off fresh. Oh, a sorry. surreal comedy is a title. <clears throat> is the title. This film is bound to become a cult legend and shows Dan Aykroyd at his finest. I highly recommend it to anyone who finds humour in the absurd. The film, though bizarre, reflects society in an uncanny way. Somehow the characters portrayed in the movie seem strangely familiar. And this can even be unsettling. Where have I seen them before? A lot of work went into this film, and it should, and it should, and this is like their little anachronym. I don't know what this is because I didn't Google it. And it should, I-M-H-O. What in is, my that's... humble opinion. Oh, it's in my humble opinion. See, I don't oh, speak internet. I'm, I'm a I thought cool it was. Dude. Wait, I thought I'm it was honest. A hip oh well, in my. <laughs> also, it's not an anachronism. It's an abbreviation. Uh, it's an anachronism to my language. <laughs> humble or honest opinion. In my honey opinion, <laughs> may taken. No, in my taken be taken very seriously as comic art of the highest form. I give this film a nine out of ten, but they gave it a ten out, 10 of, 10. out of ten. Also, because officially. it used IMHO, what what year was that review? Two thousand one. Okay. So Ooh, it was probably honey. Wow. This next probably one honey, yeah. is a seven star review. The title leads into the review. The title is the first two words, so just prepare yourself. This is okay. a movie you can watch when you want lots of interesting characters, scenery, and complete nonsense everywhere you look. This movie was never intended to be, intellect- uh, to be an intellectual masterpiece. It was made to make people laugh and to entertain. On many levels, it's very similar to movies like Scary Movie, and The Burbs, which have decent ratings, might I add. I just don't understand the average person these days and what they seem to like about anything. Movies like Traffic get 10s, and movies like this get 3.5s? Traffic was a total bore fest, and this movie kept me entertained. Before everyone starts thinking... This guy is out for lunch. (laughs) For anyone saying this guy is out for lunch, keep in mind that one of my favorite movies of all time is Brazil, a movie which got an amazing, which got amazing reviews, and is my opinion equally as unsettling. And that's the end. So they're like, hey, hey, don't get me wrong. I like Brazil. <laughs> so he didn't give it a rating yet. His argument was ratings. Yeah, his argument was like, you know, in my opinion, you guys are idiots, but I like Brazil, so it's okay. <laughs> and I like, it's this guy, excuse. before you think this guy's out for lunch. <laughs> now, here's a negative one, I do believe. Oh, let's 
expression. In my memory. memory. But can I share a fun fact? This was written by Dr. Gore. <laughs> so I love oh. the idea that it's Al Gore. Um, burn the negatives. Leave no survivors. No stars. No star rating here. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. That's how it opens. Nothing but trouble holds a special place on my all-time worst movies ever list of shame. It's easily one of the top 10 worst movies, but it also holds the distinction of being one of the very few movies I've ever walked out on. Yes, it is with the great shame that I must confess that I saw this garbage in the movie theatre. When I saw Demi Moore being captive by two disgusting blobs, I knew that it, I knew that it hit its peak. One blob screamed, I want another bowl of cereal. I wanted to leave with my stomach intact. I bolted for the exits. My family was with me and I had and had to leave too since I had the car keys. <laughs> I have no idea how this movie ends and I want to keep it that way. Stick this movie in a time capsule and never dig it up. Better yet, burn the negatives to keep some poor cold family warm. Do something useful with this junk, because to watch this movie is to hate this movie. The fact that so many talented comedians were in this were in this makes it sting even harder. I don't know how this train wreck could be allowed to happen. I just don't know that. Uh, I just know that no human being should have to sit through this. I bet that's Roger Ebert's best friend. Yes. I, bet it's Ro- I bet it's Roger Ebert. <laughs> you know, when Roger, Ebert, when Roger Ebert told those teenagers to make more noise... It's one of these teenagers? Do you? No, no. Do you reckon they did? Or do you reckon they were disgusted? With I reckon they would be like, Who are you, old man? And he's just like, Didn't I tell you? It's me, Ebert. And flips the skateboard. And they're like, Oh, he's cool. Oh, yeah. Um, this one is an eight-star review from 2011. So fairly recent, but don't worry. It gets great. A superior litmus test. Okay. This is a this is a very this is a very funny as well as very entertaining sachet in and out of the world of weird. If you're rigid with your own expectations, do yourself a favor and expect two two. Yeah, they wrote two twice. Two two. Be generous with your poetic chits. The movie jumps in and out, a lot of out, of the real world from start to finish, never getting comfortable for those predisposed to not get comfortable with stuff like this. <laughs> the show comes the show comes off as so stupid that even when it's clever, it looks stupid. By the third watch, nothing about this movie is stupid. Most of most of it is funny. And so, the litmus test. If you meet someone and there's a romantic spark and that person admits that they really like the movie, you found your soulmate. And if you meet someone who says the movie was so stupid, you've met some and you've met on the soldiers that the soldiers that they left the tea out, don't we? That comprise the masses. <laughs> Ooh! I said it! And that's the end of the review. <laughs> and this is the last review, guys. Nine stars. Cold, ignore the haters. Okay. It's from 2016. It's, it's from 2016. 
written on the 30th of April. Mm. They oh. could have got inspired by us and they're like, oh, we better do this one for those guys. I hope they read it one day. I hadn't seen <laughs> That's this. my name day. I hadn't seen this movie for probably 20 years. I'm a big fan of John Candy and Chevy Chase from the late 80s slash early 90s. I'm not sure what triggered my brain to think about this specific movie, but something did. So I went online and bought the DVD. After the impulse purchase, I was having a little buyer's remorse from reading the overwhelmingly negative reviews on here. I was questioning my choice and asking myself, was it not as funny as I remembered? I just finished watching it and my post-purchase trepidation was a waste of time and energy. Was it the funniest thing on the planet? No. Did it entertain me and make me chuckle? Yes. Was it worth the four bucks I paid for the DVD? Hell yes! <laughs> the frequent Chevy Chase comments throughout the film alone are worth that. If you don't... If you don't like it, God bless your little hearts and find something better to do than post-negativity when none is needed. Smiley face. End review. <laughs> I love that one. I just love, my favorite. <laughs> I love, God bless your little hearts. <laughs> Once again, it's not the villains bringing in religion. It's everyone else. <laughs> everyone else. So, that, guys, was Nothing But Trouble. 1991, Dan Aykroyd's wonderful creation. Uh, Bartek, Mishabelle, is there anything that you guys just want to kind of discuss or bring up about the movie that we didn't really get a chance to talk about or something that's kind of lingering on you? Nothing but trouble was nothing like trouble. <laughs> oh! God bless your little heart. <laughs> Thank you. Also, I didn't mention, but that first review you uh, read, I liked how it used the word legend instead of classic. <laughs> <laughs> Appropriate. I think it was cult legend. <laughs> yes, cult, cult legend. legend. Um, nothing else. I think I do want to discuss just just the fact that this film came out in general is an astonishing thing because it's not a good looking film. Like visually looking at it, like it's murky. It's kind of got this mustard color to it. It's kind of really, ugh. it's just but unpolished. It's, Oh, not, not in, not in like we a, could give it a spin polish. Not, yeah. Oh, not in a negative <laughs> way, but in like, oh, it looks a bit dirty. Yeah. Could use a bit of a rub. But would you want to rub Dan Aykroyd? No, no, no. Yes, no. Yeah, no. Well, other than that, I just yeah, I had a real ball with this movie. This movie. For the last two weeks, I've been thinking about this movie. I was like, oh, we've got to do it. And I was so pumped that instead of usually I watch this the day before we do these recordings, I watch this like four days in advance because I'm like, I can't wait. And I want to see the household reaction. And the household reaction was very mixed. My girlfriend proclaimed that it was worse than Meet Dave, which she proclaimed to be the worst thing she had ever seen. <laughs> but then after a long argument discussion between everyone in the household she retracted that comment being like no no you know what like this actually had like balls to it and like imagination and kind of weight that meet dave didn't have but meet dave had comedy <laughs> and this not so much this movie i really do recommend watching not just by yourself watch it with others because it is a one that will bring up philosophical arguments for years to come. So does your girlfriend, Rachel, who's been on this show, uh, does she hate movies with people that have been in community? 
Yes. <laughs> Who in Community was in um, Meet, Dave. Meet Dave? Welcome to Old Navy. Eddie Murphy. <laughs> the the black woman. Oh yeah. Um. The yeah. I can't remember her name from Community. Yes. Well. Was she in that? Yeah. She was the first person to say, Welcome to Old Navy. Uh, welcome to Old Navy, guys. Reference to Meet Dave. Great film. Check that out. Uh, other than that, um, you guys have been great listening people, of course. You, Meshabella, have been a great guest, of course. Thank you. Lots of emotional things were had during this movie. I'm <laughs> glad that we had a hero to stand next to us, to hold our hands, to tell us it's okay. To point out the boobs and the penises and to be confused. It's okay to be confused. Um, Ryan's not joking. Mishabella is an international hero. She's an international. She's an intergalactic hero. She saved everyone. (laughs) She's in the new Star Wars movie. Forget John Boyega, just cast (laughs) Mishabella. I don't care. And they'll be like, Ah, uh, come on, Mish. We need you to wear a white outfit. You're like, no, black is all I no, wear. No, black. <laughs> black is all I wear. And you just throw a cigarette at him. And you're like, and they're like, and, and, then I'll, and I'll be like, Bella, I didn't. My skateboard. And I'll be like, Bella, I didn't know you smoked. It's like it's not my cigarette. I just light them so when I know someone's going to talk to me, I can fuck around. Ryan, half of that last like thing you just said was red on the microphone. No. Oh well. You guys have been fantastic. Um, you can check out all of our stuff on iTunes and Podbean, Spin Polish Presents. Uh, we have quite a long list now of episodes and movies we've talked about that you can enjoy. Hell, you have over 24 hours worth of enjoyment now. Uh, well over that. You can hit, sit and listen to our stuff for three days if you really wanted to. Uh, which I suggest you should do. Uh, especially with this movie, Nothing But Trouble. You guys have been fantastic, great, amazing listening people. If you feel like you want to get in contact with us, you can contact us on Facebook with the Spit and Polish Presents Facebook page. Give us suggestions for a movie because, hey, we may not have done this one. And, you know, we may not ever do the one that you're thinking, hey, how come they haven't done that one yet? Surely that's on their list. It may not be. Uh, Remember to be kind to each other. Yes. Spit and Polish Presents is brought to you by Remote Controls in a Grape.